Hello everyone, this is episode number 134, I think it's 134, that's what we're going to go with, of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is September 12th, 2019. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Jay Totoro. Hello, you said my name correctly again, it's two in a row. I know, I think we may be on a streak. Sweet, two in a row. I think my previous streak was probably, what, 115 episodes or something like that, so I'm going to see if I can break that. I'm going to see if I can break it. Honestly, I'd be really impressed and almost proud of you if you're able to actually... I would be proud of both of us. I don't feel like I contributed much, but I appreciate the recognition. Well, you were there for 150 episodes. That's that's the the hard part. I always play the support role. Um, Speaking of support roles, how's uh, World of Warcraft been treating you? I'm sure we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. We'll save that. Okay. Have you done anything else? Since the last uh, episodes, besides play WoW Classic. Is there anything that I've done outside of WoW with my free time? Um, mm, I went to dinner one time. That's probably about it. Just once? Oh, you, so you went, you mean you, you went, to, okay, I got you. You went to dinner. You yeah, can, actually went to dinner. You ate dinner most nights, though, I hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was eating. I, so I'll tell you, I'll, I'll talk about it. But yeah, I, I eat dinner every night. I do, too. How about that? Yeah. I'm pretty good about eating regularly, but during the the two weeks that I was off, I definitely <laughs> ate more throughout the day than I normally do. Do you eat, do you eat out very much? I don't. Um, I'm getting away from it again. I did for a little while. I signed up for one of the food one of the food service delivery things. Oh, I for, do that too. Yeah, I did the the sign up for it for a little while, but I'm trying to save money right now, so okay. I've cut back a lot. We probably do it maybe once a week, once every two weeks now. We used to do it like three times a week. But we've we've gotten really far away from it just because it was very costly. Like even with the free delivery, the upcharge on everything on the menu was it's like a thirty percent upcharge. So oh, wait, wait, wait. So just, I think we're talking about different things. What are you talking about? Talking about like Uber Eats and oh Postmates. no no no. Sorry, I was talking about like we have a, sh- a Home Chef subscription. Oh no, that's pretty dope. No, I I cook uh, for the I cook a lot. Like I cook most nights, and then sometimes we just don't cook, and other times we order food. I uh, I cook most. Well, yeah, I either cook or just like. You know, don't cook necessarily, but just like throw something together. Cause sure. Yeah, exactly. We eat, at, we'll order food out, like, yeah, kind of like a thing similar to Uber Eats, um, probably once or twice, once or twice a week. Yeah. We'll do that, like once on the weekends. Huh? If there's a lot of people, if there's like three or more people, I'm more inclined to do it because it helps to lower the overall cost. But generally speaking, I try yeah. to avoid doing it now. It is a little expensive. I like, uh, like I said, expensive. we have a home chef subscription and i like that because it's it's um like i can cook stuff on my own like yeah. i don't necessarily need a recipe but it's nice to have like the exact right amount of ingredients so sure. i don't have to buy you know a whole bottle of some sauce that i need a teaspoon of or something like that yeah i got uh, you so that's that's really convenient for me but uh yeah i don't need out a whole bunch I, I, we mostly just just chill in and i'll fix something most of the time Lisa and I went to Angry Crab, uh, which I got to take you to when you come out here one of these times. Sounds Actually, good. you'll pro- you'll probably be disappointed because you obviously live closer to the coast, but it's it's a seafood. So you essentially order seafood, um, like you can order crab and clams and shrimp, and they throw it in a bag, and then you choose the sauce you want. So you can choose like there's like a butter, garlic, um, oh, yeah. kind of like almost cayenne pepper, pretty spicy, and they throw it in a bag with some like crazy good sauce. They and pour they it on it there in the bag. Yeah, yeah, and they literally drop the bag on your table with some with some utensils to open up the bag and get to work. Oh, and it shit. is so fucking good. We're it doing is it. ridiculous. Yeah, it's like pro- I think most on average, like at least when I go together, probably about seventy bucks. 
Holy shit. Bad, let's but, do it. You know, let's do it. Oh, 100%. Next time you're here, I'm definitely down. Perfect. But uh, yeah, Lisa and I did that last weekend with a friend of ours. And ooh, it's just like one of those things you get done. You're like, that was amazing. I would do that again right now if I could. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple uh, short announcements before we get started on the, before we actually start talking about video games. Yeah, right. Um, one is uh, Game of the Quarter is coming up the next episode. That's going to be October 1st when we record that. Our Game of the Quarter, if you're not familiar with it, is a, a game that we're going to kind of like just announce that we we're playing ahead of time. Jay and I are both going to play it, unlike usual. And all of our listeners are are welcome to play it and send in their thoughts as well. We want no, to not not, requ- not they they're required to play it. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then you have to unsubscribe if you don't do it. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, your ship goes to zero. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it goes yeah. Uh, so that game is Mr. Mosquito for PlayStation Two. Again, that is going to be discussed on the next episode, which we're recording on October first. So email in your thoughts by then if you want to include your uh, thoughts on the game. Uh, that's mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. It, it is a good idea to play the same console version that we're playing as well, because in certain cases, games on different consoles were had some pretty big differences. So if you had the option to play the PS2 one, we highly encourage it because I think usually this one, I think multi- I think this one's is only it a PS2 on. only game. Okay. I think so. I think so. But yes, yeah, that's simple. That's very true. Um, in other cases. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, real quickly, um, we have joined a podcast network. This is the HP Video Game Podcast Network that we are now part of. This is this is a new. Um, well, it's it started by uh, the creators of the of of Handsome Phantom, which is a, a website that does game reviews. They also have the HP uh, podcast. Uh, I've been talking with uh, with 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 Ben, the the guy who runs Handsome Phantom, and he wanted us to be a part of uh, the the podcast network that he's starting up. Uh, again, it's the HP video game podcast network. And so it's us and him and several other podcasts. And we're sort of, uh, we're sort of just kind of, you know, working together to promote each other, help kind of, you know, gain awareness for each other. Uh, maybe get some new viewers. You may start hearing ads on some of the, our, our episodes as well. Uh, potentially at the beginning and end and maybe somewhere in the middle, but they're, you know, not going to be anything crazy. And uh, it may, and, and the way it's going to work is you may actually retroactively hear some on on older episodes as well if you go back and listen to uh, to some of those. So just a heads up that may be happening, and you'll and you'll also hear us in the future uh, promoting some of those other podcasts as well. This is kind of just just getting started at the moment, so we don't have anything quite yet. But you'll start hearing you'll you probably will start hearing that stuff soon. Um, one other, well, actually, you know what? I, I will throw, go ahead and throw a shout out. I'm, I'm going to throw my own manual promotion to one of the podcasts in our network. That's uh, Indie Incursion. Uh, actually, the full title of the podcast is Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast. Uh, those guys are part of the network as well. And I've been listening to some of their stuff lately and they are really, really good. Uh, they're very, I was, I, Jay hasn't had a chance to listen to him yet, but I was telling him just before we started this uh, episode, they're, it, it, they're eerily similar to us. Same t- same type of feel for the episode. Kind of casual two guys is you know talking about games and stuff like that. And even their format is very very similar to ours, where they talk about games they played recently. They talk about news and all that kind of stuff. But their focus is on indie games rather than classic games. Um, it's a really good podcast. I recommend you check those guys out. 
Jay, have I left anything out, or is it time to start talking about real, real stuff? Oh, I'm actually trying to think. Uh, on a, in all seriousness, my head's been so bare in the last couple of weeks. Actually, I haven't been paying attention to see if there's any news. Um, there was the Nintendo Direct. Oh, right, I got plenty. Yeah, I got plenty of news. I was just wondering if there's anything. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there anything before? Is there any other housekeeping that we can get, have to take care of? I don't no? think so. I think that's everything. All right. What? What? You t- you talk about news then. Uh, so I, I just know I watched a little bit of the Nintendo Direct. Actually, oddly enough, a lot of my friends that I was in in call with were talking through it. Uh, some of the big high points for for me and Lisa actually, Lisa is very excited about the Animal Crossing announcement. I think it's coming out March of next year for the Switch. Okay. Uh, they announced some new characters for Super Smash Brothers. I believe they gave more details of, and maybe even a release date for the new Zelda game, if I'm not mistaken. Did they not? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the remake of uh, a Link. Uh, what is it? Um. Link's Awakening. Like for the past? Oh, Link's, Link's Awakening. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they did announce that. It, I think it's coming out in like a couple of weeks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I thought it was coming out really shortly here. So that makes uh, sense. Yes, it's coming out the 20th. Yeah, I didn't see too much. Not much else really interested me. So I don't know about you if there's any other any other titles or games that were really Yeah, I got some you, stuff. Um, uh, let's come back to the Nintendo Direct because that was kind of the most, the most interesting piece of news to me so we'll go ahead and do the other stuff real quick um capcom announced the Mega Man zero slash zx legacy collection this is coming out uh january 21st 2020 it's going to be on all the consoles and steam uh it's gonna it's going to include Mega Man zero one Mega Man zero two Mega Man zero three and four jeez as well as Mega Man zx and zx advent um, the collection also features Z Chaser, an exclusive new mode created just for this set of games. I don't know what that means, but that was in Capcom's uh, little blurb for it. <clears throat> I've never played anything about. I've never played any of these games. I don't know anything about any of these Mega Man games. Okay. Do you? No, I do not. All right. Then the other one is uh, Disney has announced. Uh, Jay, what are the two best classic Disney games? Uh, Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. Okay. Uh, what is the other one? Jungle? No, not Jungle. Lion King? <laughs> Those are the two. Aladdin. Oh, really? <laughs> Lion King is actually not a good game. Aladdin for Super Nintendo was actually a really good game. The one for Sega was pretty trash. I thought I had the I thought I had the Sega one. I thought it was awesome. Which I thought the uh, one of them was really bad. It was I believe I of the two Aladdin releases. I believe the uh, the Sega one was considered. Because I played it last year. I'm pretty sure it was pretty bad in comparison, but I could be wrong. It, it might be considered bad. All, I just remember I had it and I thought it was great on mm. Genesis. Um, okay. I know you hate I know, I know know you hate Lion King and it's not just you. I know plenty of people. Yeah, I was going to say King. that's a meme game. But anyway, Disney has announced uh, it's, it, it's like one game containing both of these. It's called Disney Classic Games Aladdin and the Lion King. So uh, it's like okay. a purchase. Um it has Aladdin on it, the, the, the classic Aladdin and the classic Lion King. Uh, it's actually got a couple cool little things. Um, so it's, this is also coming out on all the consoles and Steam. It's coming out uh, this fall, so so fairly soon. Um, and uh, it's got multiple versions of each game. It doesn't say specifically, but it had like a couple screenshots, and it looks like it looks like there's Game Boy versions of both of them. Whoa. Uh, either that or just it really looked like, or it's just kind of de-res to look like Game Boy. I don't know if there actually was a Game Boy. I didn't check to see if there actually was a Game Boy version of these, but it really made it look like there was going to be a Game Boy version of both of these. Hmm. Um, it showed three different screenshots 
of like the title screen or something like that for each one. And it didn't say explicitly which one was which, so I don't know what it is. It kind of looked like one was Game Boy Color, one was Game Boy, and one was regular console. So I don't know if Aladdin is going to be the Genesis or the Super Nintendo version. From what I saw, uh, I, I don't remember enough of, you know, Sega Genesis specifically to be able to look at it and say, oh, that's the one that I played or not. So <laughs> I don't know what the versions are, but they're going to have multiple versions of each. They've also got a thing where you can just skip to any part of any of the game and just start playing wherever you want to play, which is kind of that's that's kind of cool, right? It is. It is kind of cool. I mean, for for me in particular, like I, there's a, a lot when I play old school games in a lot of cases, I try to play through them. But there are some frustrating parts to uh, some games that you it, it is pretty nice to be able to skip through them. Holy shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been announced. Um, Square Enix just I think today it was either today or yesterday announced. Um, Two Saga titles are coming digitally to uh, to the West. Remasters or new? Um, uh, remasters. Okay. Or, or I, I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. I don't even think they're remasters, but re. They may be re. They, they're either just re-releases or they might be like kind of okay. partial remasters. Which two? So I'm assuming Saga Frontier is one of them. Uh, no, Romancing Saga Three. Interesting. This was um 1995 Super Famicom. So these are so these are games I. Think that have not got that have only been out in Japan until now, like officially. Gotcha. Okay. Romancing Saga Three. Um, it's coming out on PS4, Switch, Xbox One, Steam, PS Vita, Windows 10, iOS, Android, and uh, that's November 11th. And then um, Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions. Jesus. Which actually just came out a couple years ago, uh, 2016. Looks like for I think it came out for the Vita. And that's coming out for PS4, Switch, Steam, iOS, Android on oh, December 3rd. Everything for the Switch, man. Let's go. Huh? Everything for the Switch. Let's go. Man, everything is coming out on the Switch. I love it, man. They know. They know. So that will lead us into the Nintendo Direct. More stuff that's coming out on Switch. Doom 64. Star Wars Jedi Knight and Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Um... Or wait, is it Jedi Academy or Jedi Outcast? I wrote down Jedi Outcast, but I think it's Jedi Academy. Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 is, Je is Jedi Outcast. Okay. Um, so you were right no matter what. I was right no matter what. Those are coming to Switch, which is, that's really cool. It's kind of, it seems kind of random. Like, why those, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, th but, but those are good games. So like, you know, definitely no complaints. I just was kind of like, well, you know. That's, I don't know, understand why those specifically, but that's cool. And also now for uh, Switch Online subscribers, there are Super Nintendo games on the Switch. Uh, this is free to Switch Online subscribers. There's no word on how often they will be adding new games. So, you know, they have the Nintendo, the, the NES games. Yeah. And every month they add two or three to that library. Uh, they haven't said how often they're going to add more Super Nintendo games. I don't even know if they've said they are going to add new Super Nintendo games. Mm. You know, the assumption is they almost certainly will add more, but that's not for sure, and mm -hmm. we don't know how often. Uh, the games that are on, and that this, this has happened now, these games are on the Switch now. Uh, the list of games is as follows. 
Brawl Brothers, Demon's Crest, Joe and Mac 2 Lost in the Tropics, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Star Fox, Super EDF Earth Defense Force, uh, Super Mario Kart, Yoshi's Island, Super Puyo Puyo 2, Super Tennis, Breath of Fire, F-Zero, Kirby's Dream Course, Pilot Wings, Stunt Race FX, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Soccer, and The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. Whenever I hear Super Ghosts and Ghouls, all I can think of is Nick Arcade. Anytime I hear that game, I instantly think really? of Nick Arcade. Why, yeah. it, it is kind of a Nick arcade sort of game, isn't it? Well, because they played it like, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong, maybe oh, the they? memory's wrong, but I remember the, yeah, because I think they played it like probably 30 or 40% of the time. Like it was like, <laughs> guess what game you're playing? And then people would just get destroyed because that game was so freaking difficult. <laughs> Whenever I think of Nick Arcade, I think of the wrong game show. I think of the one where they had like a made up video game. And it was like, it was, um, you know, maybe it was the same one. Maybe maybe these are both the same thing. And there's like a big screen and it was like a grid and you would choose, they would choose, like if you got a question right or something like that, you would choose which way you wanted your character to walk or something like that. Do you kind of remember that? It was on this big screen. No, I don't. It may be the same thing. All I remember is the arcade people getting destroyed by every single game. And that's about it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty sweet. For uh, Switch Online subscribers. And Kendo's crushing it, man. Huh? They're doing all the things right. Oh, Nintendo's yeah. Crushing it. It's crazy. They, yeah, they really are. It's it's really crazy how many games are coming out yep. for Switch. Um, how many, you know, indie games, how many old games. It's it's just like, it's like a floodgate. Oh, they've also yeah. got um, a USB SNES controller that you can buy for 30 bucks. Oh, it. that's not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not not bad at all. Um, I've already got like I've already got the since I have the um, NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic already. Ha- you know, plus Switch and PlayStation, and all this. I have way too many controllers in my living mm-hmm. room, so I will not be buying this. And I ha- I I have Switch Online, so I've been playing this a little bit. And the uh, the Switch controller works works extremely well for Super Nintendo stuff. There's you know it's it's mm-hmm. almost the same thing really. It's just the controller is different shaped, obviously, but the button layout is basically exactly the same. So I'm not going to be buying this, but it is really cool that they have that. And it's, and it's you know, definitely a reasonable price. So that's that's pretty sweet. If I ever lose my controller, because I've used an Xbox 360 commercial for a number of years now with a, with a wireless connection. If that ever goes down, I'd probably buy that. That's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of non-classic things. Was, was there anything else? I know you were talking about Nintendo no, Direct No, I stuff. think you got it all. Uh, a couple of non-classic things just to talk about because they're interesting. Well, one of them, um, it's kind of weird, and I probably wouldn't have brought this up if we hadn't have already, uh, talked about the, the original part of this news that this is sort of a follow-up to, but, you know, Telltale Games shut down a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Kind of out of the blue. Uh, Telltale Games is now being relaunched. Um, now, basically what happened is somebody else bought the rights to all the Telltale stuff and is opening it and is, and is opening the, you know, business Telltale. So it's not the same people. Um, it's not even all of the same catalog of games. There are some that they couldn't get the rights back to, but basically it seems like their plan is, is primarily to own it and, and to sell the games that telltale had been selling before they went out of business. 
Okay. That's um, not too bad. I mean, no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, it's nothing to get super excited about. I don't think, sure. um, it's also nothing to, to get angry about. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fine. You know, we'll see what happens. I, who knows if they might start? Uh, I and they may have they they may have addressed this. I don't know. I don't know if they're planning on also you know getting back into the development of games. In fact, now that I say that, I may uh, this this happened a little while ago, so I don't remember very well. They may be planning to do that, and I just don't remember. I didn't write down a whole lot of details here. Sure. Um, but the primary the the, the main thing is that they're going to kind of just like start selling stuff that that can't be sold now since, you know, mm-hmm. since Telltale went out. They're going to start reselling that Did stuff. Did they say how they're going to sell? Like, through which platforms? Or uh, I think all the, whatever it was already on, probably the same okay. stuff. I don't think they, I don't think they specifically said. Gotcha. And then, finally, we have the most uh, significant gaming news of the year. Uh, KFC is releasing a dating simulator. Kentucky Fried Chicken, the restaurant. It is, I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger licking good dating simulator. Christ. <laughs> you haven't seen this? No. <laughs> it actually looks kind of amazing. That's actually incredible. Like, what? So, um, it looks exactly like a, uh, like a really Japanese inspired, um, dating simulator game like that, that you would find on Steam. Um, check out this. Uh, amazing screenshot. Oh my God. <laughs> it is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it's Colonel. How would you describe this version of Colonel Sanders? Like the Japanese. Uh, anime. I mean, anime version of Imagine a Colonel Sanders dropped into any high school based anime, which is pretty much 70% of anime. That is. Yeah. Imagine a Colonel Sanders that you really want to fuck. This is him. Am I right? Imagine a character in an anime who's the who's the favorite teacher that every kid likes that is sleeping with one of the students. And and that's he's super handsome. This is a yeah. handsome guy right here. No getting around it. That is hilarious. <laughs> there's a on this. Um, if you get a chance to check it out later, Jay. There's a trailer a little bit. If you scroll down on this, where this this link mm-hmm. goes to, and it. It looks legitimately, you know, as far as dating simulator uh, simulators go, it legitimately looks pretty good. Oh, I tried linking you this one picture, but it just linked the article again. Uh, like, it's this kind of looks amazing. Um, it's supposed to come out pretty soon, like a couple weeks, I think. Um, let's see if there's a date here. September twenty fourth. Oh, and it's free. It's gonna be on. Oh, wow. It's gonna it's gonna be on Steam. So uh, there you go. Keep an eye out for that. The, again, the title is "I Love You, Colonel Sanders: A Finger Looking Good Dating Simulator." This, this could be a uh, this could be a uh, the, the dark horse of of video games for 2019. Yeah, this is what every big developer has to worry about. <laughs> that's pretty funny. All right, uh, that's all we got for news. Jay, are we going to do a WoW update, or are you just going to talk about WoW? I was just going to do it all at once. So. Let's do it all at once. Let's hear, let's hear about World, World of Warcraft Classic. It's an indie game that was just right. released for the first time. Definitely. Let me, let me log out so I can talk. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so as as uh, you could probably imagine for the the last week leading up into the release of what well, came out on Tuesday, the twenty eighth of August at three p.m. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of building up because there's some components. There's I mean, a couple days prior were really funny because I was trying to do anything I could to distract myself. So I was I spent a lot of time with my family. Funny enough, and I was I was cleaning <laughs> my house and I, I went grocery shopping. Uh, I actually took a picture of the groceries I bought because it was so degenerative. Cause I, I eat pretty healthy for the most part, but I went went off and bought a bunch of just terrible things from muffins to chips to <laughs> sandwich materials because I normally eat like salads and 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 uh, try to avoid eating sandwiches because obviously because the bread. Um, so the days leading up to it were pretty funny, and then Tuesday, so I did. Wheat bread's still bad for you. Bread, bread in general, wheat bread is not bad for you. Come on, it is bad for you. No, it is bad for you. Any bread is bad for you. It's just that wheat bread is slightly better for you than. I don't think it's. Bread. I I'm not gonna say it's like super healthy, but bad for you. You you don't want to consume it daily. Let, let me put it that way. You don't want to consume any type of bread like that on the daily, unless you're doing something specific that's going to burn that amount of carbs. But for my lifestyle, which is sitting in front of a computer at work and then coming home and sitting in front of a computer. I don't know if I agree with that one. I mean, you can read about it. I just, it, it, it's done wonders for me to stop eating bread. Um, I feel better. I um, lost a lot of weight or lost a decent amount of weight. So I don't know. It just, right. do you do what you want. Anyways, so uh, Monday, I... Um, Lisa, my girlfriend, my brother came over, uh, Zach, one of my old roommates, my close friend and Hunter came over Hunter's computer fried a couple days before. So we had to oh, shit. Uh, sort of, we had to, um, what do you call, abominate a computer for him. And so I took a bunch of spare parts and we cleaned out all of our towers and we got our table prepped and, it's, and my table <laughs> right, actually like, still where it Taking was. out the stuff they don't need out of their computer so he can have one. <laughs> Pretty much. We we, we, uh, we built this computer from scrap parts and put it all together. <laughs> no joke. Man, you're a good and, friend. Yeah, I mean, I was really excited. So I, I had uh, one, two, three, four. I had five people sitting at my kitchen table on Tuesday. It came out at 3 p.m., so essentially at about 2.30, uh, one of my friends let me know. Well, he let me know earlier in the day, but he said that they were going to be opening up. Actually, let me rewind one week real quick. Because So so Blizzard, um, in all of their experience and high knowledge that they are, decided to allow people to do name reservations to try and allow people to right. get a jump on character creation, blah, blah, blah. So what happens is they open the character creation, they open up four servers in North America, and they all fill up instantly. Like within a couple hours, they're full. They're completely full. And when I say full, so a server needs about three to 5,000 people to be at its peak and thrive. We're talking more than 10,000 people had made characters on these servers. So Blizzard, in all their wonderful glory, they decided to open up some additional servers and try to encourage people to migrate. Well, those servers instantly filled up after they released them as well. So Blizzard, in all their infinite wisdom, decided to do nothing at this point and waited till the day of to open some additional servers and then encouraged players to migrate to some of these new servers. Well, no, no, didn't they release? Didn't they open up a few before, a little bit beforehand, or no? They, I think they did one. They may have done two releases, but okay. they did one release prior and then they did one the day of the actual release of okay. the game. So regardless, but prior to the, the actual launch day, the servers that they had posted were either high, meaning they were very close to cap, or they were completely full. And when I say full, that doesn't mean you can't make characters on it. It just lets you know that there's so many people on the server that there's going to be high queue times, and there's going to be a shit ton of people on the server. So the day of Blizzard's, uh, well, days leading into it, Blizzard basically said, hey, we need you guys to migrate off the server. We need more people to get off of the hurt server that I'm playing on. The problem was all the other servers were full as well. So their their point was a non-point because guess what if all the other servers are full where the fuck are people going to go 
So the day of, they opened up some additional servers. Those immediately went to medium and then to high and then to full uh, almost within a couple hours prior to the release of the game. So essentially, just before the game launches, they're still trying to encourage people to migrate off of these larger servers to other large and full servers. <laughs> so it was what we call a shit show. So my buddy messaged me and let <laughs> me know that they were actually going to be opening up the servers 30 minutes early, so at 2.30 my time, and to try and get... And essentially, there was some some trickery that we did in order to try and skip the queue or jump the queue, and I had everybody else do it with me. We biked past the queue and we got in. Uh, holy shit. Yeah, so we, we figured some, some funky shit with the queuing and we were able to get through. So my other friends who weren't with me did not do so, and they were in an 8,000 queue at 3.01 p.m. 8,000. Yep. Now, here's the best part. By 4 p.m., there was a 30,000 queue. It was like 27,900 queue to get <laughs> on my server. 30,000 people were in queue to play on this server. That's one server. That's one server in one region. It's freaking crazy. I, it, it was it was so bizarre. So this is this is, my first week was I was up for about 20 hours each day. I slept for like four or five hours at most. And we would alternate shifts to try and keep everybody else logged in. So if some of us were sleeping, <laughs> just move them around a little bit. Yep. And then we usually <laughs> slept. We actually adopted a, a sleep schedule to fit. Uh, Holy the shit, we, we basically slept during the peak times and then we would try to play during the lower times so that we could bypass the queue really easily. You know, you may have a problem. Maybe. So, essentially, it, it was very fun. So, essentially, Zach was uh, getting taught by Hunter because Zach had never played WoW before. And Lisa was learning from me because she had never played WoW before. So, we logged in. We made our, char- we made our characters. We logged in. Uh, we all met in one area, and we started leveling. And it was an amazing experience. Now, I will say the first day was a little bit rough because some people were playing with us and other people were stuck in queue for excess of 8 to 10 hours plus. Mm-hmm. Right? It was really shitty for some people, and myself, I was always pa- bypassed the queue because I was literally so dedicated to staying logged in that I just never left. I never left my computer so that it would just not get kicked out of queue or get kicked to queue. So my first couple of days were a little bit slow because I was trying to make sure we were all together when we were leveling, um, which was really frustrating. So I want to talk about the negative first because there's so much positive and there's only a little bit of negative, um, which I've already kind of alluded to. And then we'll talk about all the fun stuff. So as you can probably tell, the queuing system was absolutely dog shit and Blizzard did exactly as I anticipated. And not just me, I'm not solo on this. There was the entire vanilla and classic community who were all telling Blizzard the same thing, which you get, which is you guys are not prepared. You guys did not have the server infrastructure to uh, handle the player base that told you uh, there were multiple surveys that went out through Reddit that basically told Blizzard that there were going to be at least 50,000 people playing on day one and that probably double that were actually going to play and they just hadn't been subscribed yet. So Blizzard only had, I think, 10 servers in total for North America, and there were more than 100,000 people that wanted to play. So do the math real quick. That's an average of 10,000 players per server, which is already well above the cap that they wanted to implement. So since then, they've obviously done a lot to fix that piece of it. They've opened up a lot of additional servers, but the queue times are still very, very high. I bypass the queue every day because in all seriousness, I set up a remote access on my phone. And right when I'm getting off work, I log into the remote access and I jump into queue. By the time I get home, I buy, I'm right through the queue. Almost every single day I've done it for the last couple of days here. And it works out perfectly. So that is really, it's really fucked up. They still haven't fixed it. There's still a ton of people playing on the servers. And they really aren't, they, they've allowed um, migration off of the populated servers to some of the new servers for free. But the oh. damage is already done. 
I mean, it, it, you, you can't, uh, you may not understand this, but you cannot take a high level person and migrate them to a brand new server. It just doesn't work. It, it, it does some real damage to the experience. So hmm. Blizzard doing what they do best is just not understanding their product and they're not respecting it. I, I actually think that Blizzard really did not uh, expect this many people to actually play. What's funny, though, is they're offering a service right now where if you get to max level in Classic, you get a free, very high-level character in retail. So they're trying to market and encourage people to go from playing Classic to retail. Oh, really? Their penetration on that's probably 5%, if, if that even at best. If you're going to dedicate your time to get to level 60, you're never going to play retail. Like you would, it's, it's a night and day experience, and you probably would, would hate it. It would just be absolutely awful. Hmm. So... Uh, the queue times are still bad. They haven't done anything to fix it. And they ultimately want to get away with layering. And if they did that, the queue times would get even worse. What's layering? So that's what I'm going to talk about next. So layering is not sharding. Blizzard will tell you over and over and over it's not sharding. So so what sharding was kind of explains some of the pieces to it. So sharding in retail WoW, essentially, if you walk into a zone and there's a lot of people in the zone, you will shard into your own instance of that area. And there's specified areas throughout the world. So if you walk into a very highly populated zone, um, or if, if too many people enter that specific area at once, you will shard off into your own fracture of the cloned area that you're in. So it just so doesn't look it, like there's a million people all around you? Exactly. Okay. So if you and I are, we, we could be in the same exact spot, in the same exact continent, in the same exact server, but we can't see each other because we're in two different shards. So... The difference between layering and sharding is layering was supposed to be continent-wise. Uh, continent so there's two continents in, in Classic World of Warcraft, Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor. And essentially, when you log in, you are dedicated to one of those layers. And the only way you can jump layers is if somebody in a, in a different layer invites you to a group. And they wanted to do this to help alleviate server queues and to alleviate the high amount of people that are going to be leveling in the introduction zones. And then ultimately, they wanted to phase it out later on. The problem is because they implemented it, uh, two things. One, they can't take it away now because there are too many people on a lot of the servers that if they were to take it away, again, the queue times would go up highly and a lot of zones would be so flooded with people that it would be pretty much unplayable. So they dug themselves into a hole. They're trying to migrate people off servers. People are not doing it. The server, to the server queues, if I had to estimate, I would imagine maybe 10% of the population transferred off during the free migrations. Um, so... They dug themselves in this hole. It's really bad. And the second piece of it, as predicted, people are exploiting layering. So there are some, so World of Warcraft Classic has a very uh, sensitive economy to it. There are specific items that are very rare. Uh, there are items that are worth a lot of money. And those items have a very long cooldown. So if you were to find one, they may not spawn again for 24 hours. It may not spawn again for eight hours, et cetera, et cetera. And because of layering, if you and I are playing, Robert, I can go find that item and then you can invite me to a group and I jump to your layer. And guess what? Nobody looted it on your layer. So then I can loot it again. And then I can go invite, get invited by another guy and his hasn't been looted. So then I can loot it as well. So the economy has been heavily huh. damaged because of this. And it's really frustrating because the economy is very critical. It's, it's one of the reasons uh, Classic WoW to me is so, is so fun is because gold has such a value to it. It's very hard to earn. And unless you get very lucky or you know how to play the auction house, you are going to struggle to get enough gold to get certain things for your character. And it makes it more enjoyable. It makes the grind of getting those things re very rewarding once you actually do it. So Blizzard, again, in, the, in their infinite wisdom, did not listen to the community and 
it damaged the overall product because of it. And there is something even more to this is people found an exploit during the beta and didn't tell Blizzard, but Blizzard should have known this. They just didn't check the math. So essentially what people found out is if you're in a party with people, um, as you can imagine, if you're solo killing mobs, you get 100 experience. If you're in a group with another person, you get 60. If you have a 60 percent, is that what you're saying? 60 experience. So like, <clears throat> let, let's just okay. for every person in your party, the experience you're going to gain is going to be reduced. Right. That okay, makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when you convert, so that's a party. When you convert to a raid, which essentially allows you to have six to 40 people in your in your raid, which is a, a big-ass party, if you will, the experience is supposed to be severely diminished. So instead of getting 100 experience, you might get eight experience or 11 experience. E even if you only have seven people in your raid, if you, as soon as you convert it to a raid, the experience is supposed to be diminished heavily. Well, Blizzard didn't check the math on this, and people were joining raid groups, and they were farming dungeons. They were AOE farming dungeons in large groups, and they were leveling at pacing that is about a fourth of what the normal leveling speed is for about 20 levels. Damn. It was really bad, and there were specific classes in particular that were very viable for doing it, so those classes jumped very far ahead. So within they fixed it within 36 hours, which is a long time because... People were obviously no lifing and playing pretty much 24-7. So there were a lot of people who jumped many, many levels. And a lot of people wait, got wait, really... Wait, 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 wait. You said they jumped many levels, but they were only getting a fourth of the experience. Sorry. It, it, so if it normally takes you four hours to level on average, it would take them one. So they're leveling four oh, times. Oh, so they, were, so they were doing four times. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I meant one fourth of the time it, it, it takes gotcha. to actually level. And so it was really it was really sad because a lot of my friends had spent time planning out how they were going to level to be the most efficient. And they had planned out uh, they had literally planned out how they were going to do it from start to finish. And they had timed it out and they, they were trying to go for for server and world first for leveling. And this guild that found this exploit, they knew about it on the beta and they abused it on retail and they didn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> and they used it and they hit 61st and they got world first for pretty much everything that was available. So again, and it, it's it's really frustrating that somebody found it and didn't report it, but it's also Blizzard just fucking missing something so obvious. I mean, they they said they had to code the system from the ground up, so to fuck that up is really surprising to me. And even still, after the after the hotfix that they did to resolve it, it still feels like some of the coefficients for experience that you get from from AOE or doing dungeons is really high. Because, it, long story short, a lot of people are still AoE farming dungeons mm -hmm. just to level. They're not even questing anymore, which means it, it, it takes away from the game. Because if everybody's in dungeons, there's no players in the world. So it takes away from this, this community-driven project, and everybody's just hiding away in dungeons. And it, it's really shitty for a lot of my friends who, they don't necessarily want to do it. But because it's so efficient, they feel like they have to. Okay. Yeah, and it yeah. really sucks. Because if they play those specific classes that are really good for it... They feel like they're obligated to do it because it's so much more efficient than just questing and going through the normal leveling experience. Right. So that really, really sucked. And it was really disappointing that, that not only did Blizzard let this go through, but it took them 36 hours to fix this when people were letting them know almost instantaneously after they figured it out. It was really sad. So uh, needless to say, those were the two largest complaints. The, the server stability... Oh, also, Blizzard got DDoSed from Friday till Sunday of this past weekend. There was some some group, I'm not going to say who it was because I'm obviously don't want to give them any attention, but they shut down Wikipedia, and then the next day they shut down uh, They shut down WoW, and they shut down Overwatch. Wikipedia? They down. Yeah, they targeted Wikipedia for some dumbass reason. Damn. Yeah, but they targeted Twitch. They targeted um, 
They targeted Blizzard. They targeted Overwatch. They targeted Classic WoW. And they just kept shutting down servers for, for like multiple days. And oh, it was just brutal. It, it was so rough to watch. And, and I, 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 you know, there's nothing really Blizzard can do about that. I mean, if, if you... If you know the way to stop DDoSing for, right. for companies that don't have the server capacity that Google does, you'd be a new dollar amount rich, like something that nobody had ever heard of. It's, it'd be so valuable to, to the world. Yeah, right. So so this yeah. affected the WoW servers, I imagine. Yeah, too, the right? guy was specifically targeting servers. He was targeting okay. streamers because okay. all the streamers were on one server. So he was specifically targeting that server. Oh, okay. And then he targeted my server for a while because my server is very populated. It was it was a rough day. We were pretty pissed off on Saturday because it just kept getting kicked off and then shut off and turned on and then shut off over and over and over. So that was really sad to see. All right, that's all the negative. You have any questions about that? Um, n- no, not about that. I'll just what I'll just chime in and add. So I did. I have been playing it a little bit. Um, I saw you logging on. Yeah, and uh, well, I'll talk about that a little bit more once you're done. But no, um, if you want to talk, go, go feel free. To well, I so. I don't have a background with World of Warcraft. I've never played it. So I was like, you know, now's the chance to see if I'm, you know, it never really seemed like something that would be that, you know, that, that I would really like that much. But I was like, you know, now, now's the time just to try it out and just to see. Obviously, this game is a phenomenon. It would be a shame if I didn't give it a chance, you know, sure. or if I didn't at least, you know, experience it and learn, you know, what it is that people like about it so much. So, I, you know, I I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I'm giving it a chance. Uh, but so the, like the cues, like you were saying, were hilariously long for oh, the, yeah. for the first, like, I guess like the first week, like now, I think the other day I logged in and I didn't even have to wait, but, um, if, if you log on past 3 PM, you're in a fatty queue now. Still. Okay. But yeah, yeah, it was like more than 10,000 people long. Most of the time, you know, you have, you know, you have to like see, okay, I want to play this afternoon. I need to go ahead and get in queue now. And then like six hours later, maybe you'll be able to, but the, but the, um, the thing that like shows the estimated time until you oh, are yeah. able to log in was like completely fucked at first. <laughs> and it yep. would show it would be like, all right, you're eight thousand in line. You know, uh, it's going to be three hundred and twenty minutes before you can, you know, estimated time three hundred twenty minutes. And then it would like jump around and be like five minutes, one hundred and eighty, three hundred and twenty, less than one minute, thirty minutes. 200 minutes like it was just fucking all over the yeah, place it was it was not even close to accurate in the slightest <laughs> um that's really that's really all i have to say at this point I, although i do have actually i do have one question um so her was like the server that you guys were on you said that was the most popular one it's what, the third most popular server okay what is it that makes a server popular versus another uh that was so, confusing to so- me Berlin is the highest populated server. It's the streamer server. It's where all the streamers are at. Uh, so they all congregated onto one server. So from Tim the Tatman to Shroud to... Oh, Kriparian's on Harad, though, actually. Oddly enough. I actually killed this him a few times. doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, you don't know who Kriparian is? Uh-uh. Oh, I figured you knew who Kriparian was. Well, anyways, he's a, he's a big, he was a big Hearthstone streamer. So they're on which one? Uh, so all the all, like ninety five percent of streamers are all on Fairlina. So there's a there's a website. So I was following all of the the Twitch streamers days prior because I wanted to avoid them. I was like following them on on uh, Twitter and stuff, just monitoring to see if they said where they were going to play. Okay. And some some fucking god of a man made a made a website called avoidthestreamers.com and it lists where all they where they're all playing <laughs> and what faction they're playing on. What a freaking just wonderful human being. 
but yeah, so this guy made this website. So we we saw they were all playing on Fairlina. Uh, and then White Main is the second most populated server, and Harad is the third. So realistically, it was just everybody congregated to whichever server was first. And and usually the name has something to do with it. Harad is a Harad and White Main are both characters or they're bosses in certain dungeons. Certain uh, servers are just popular because the name is pretty cool. Like um, Ash Candy is a really really cool looking weapon that drops in one of the later raids. That server became popular just because of the name. So usually it's like whichever okay. servers come out first with the coolest name are usually the most populated, and then it just kind of goes from there. Okay. So. Okay. All right. Let's talk about it. So how was it? How is it so far? Uh, they did an excellent job. The quality of the content is fantastic. It is as good as I could have asked for in terms of the quality of coding uh, to the AI to just everything that I remember about it. So I have been playing on private servers for about six years now-ish, and it is incredible to play on a well-crafted, well-scripted, well-coded uh, version of Classic WoW. I did not realize how many bugs there were on private servers oh, until really? I had played on Classic. Yeah, there were so many things. So uh, what I did is is when I made my character, I'm playing a dwarf paladin. I was torn between a dwarf and a human paladin. I ultimately went with a dwarf paladin, and I was grouping with Lisa and Zach and Harry and Hunter. And what we were going to do is we were all going to level in the Night Elf starting area because, long story short, we wanted to grind reputation with the Night Elves in order to ultimately get a mount. So we all decided we were going to meet up in the Night Elf zone so we could start leveling there together. So the, for the first 45 minutes, it was the four of us... Oh, this is because the four of us were not playing night elves so we spawned all over the world so we all had to congregate and walk our way over there <laughs> the first 45 oh, cool. minutes we're just walking to this zone we get there we start leveling and it was incredible the music in this game is amazing i love the the soundtrack for for stormwind stormwind is is the human capital city for alliance has one of the best soundtracks in world of warcraft for me and when you first walk into stormwind it's this gigantic castle city and when you walk into it and you first hear the music still gives me chills it still <laughs> gives me chills because it's just such a great song or soundtrack whatever you want to call it and it's just I know so much about the lore, and I know where the lore is in Classic WoW, that there's just so much going on. It's just very exciting for me. So you go to, I had, I, the, the, my 45 minutes was go to Stormwind. I take a train ride to Ironforge. Uh, excuse me, actually, no, I, I actually didn't go through Stormwind initially. But long story short, for some of us, they had to go from Stormwind to Ironforge and then do this long-ass walk all the way to the Night Elf starting area. We start leveling, and it's incredible. So um, I'm playing a Dwarf Paladin. Uh, which I ultimately want to play protection. So there's three specs for paladins. You have holy, healing, protection for tanking, and retribution, which is a trash can. I'm just kidding. It's supposed to be for DPS, but it just <laughs> is not. It's not set up well enough to actually do damage. Okay. Uh, so my whole build is I try to get as tanky as I can, but I have all these thorn-like mechanics that deal damage back to my opponents when they hit me. So I try to hit things to hit very quick, so that they when they hit me they take damage and ultimately die around me. Very fun build. I've done it once before. I really enjoy playing Paladins, and they're a very powerful class at 60. So I had to be very patient with this experience initially because I was training Lisa how to play, and she had never played before. So I was walking her through everything, explaining things to her, and ultimately we had a very fun experience uh, leveling. Lisa's still playing. She really enjoys playing it so far. She's level 42, I want to say. I'm level 50. I haven't quite hit 60 yet, which is the max level. Uh, because I've been taking my time. I've been really enjoying the experience. I've been questing all over the world. I've tried to do as many quests as I possibly can. But the thing that has distracted me the most so far is killing people. So I'm playing on a PvP server. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many nights I've gotten home. And I'm like, 
All right, I'm going to level. I'm going to try and do as much questing as I can to get as many levels. Oh, there's Horde. Red is dead. I'm running this guy down. And then it just becomes this brawl. And then I end up getting killed by multiple people. And then I call my friends. And that guy calls his friends. And it's just a freaking bloodbath. Nice. So uh, the, the one of my favorite things so far with PvP is there's this zone called Stranglethorn Vale. It is one of the first contested zones where Horde and Alliance meet up for the first time. Uh, the initials for Stranglethorn Vale is STV. And people refer to Stranglethorn Vale as ST Vietnam because it becomes, it's a jungle, it's a jungle uh, map. And so the Alliance come in from the north side, the Horde come in from the west side, and they both meet up at this neutral camp where you get all the quests and the Horde and the Alliance both get quests from the same NPCs. So as you can imagine, if somebody accidentally hits somebody or maybe somebody purposely hits somebody, it just goes to hell. And so we were in Stranglethorn and we constantly were just roaming around, killing people, getting killed, killing people, dying, running back just over and over and over. And I can't tell you how many times we just got into fights. <laughs> just, oh man, I, I, I wish I could tell you how many people I've killed. I would estimate that I probably killed three or 400 people already. Last night alone, I probably killed 40 people just because we were, <laughs> we went to quest in the zone and <laughs> this guy, this level 60, which is the max level, he kept making emotes at us because we're lower level. We're not 60. So he <laughs> thought we couldn't kill him. And so we had to show him what's what. So we freaking killed him. <laughs> the four of us killed him. And then not only did we kill him, but then we camped him. And we camped him in the most brutal way possible. So it was me, uh, two rogues, and a hunter. Rogues are these stealth assassin-like classes, and a hunter is a ranged DPS. So we literally separated out into uh, four. We, we separated out into like a square around his body so that the second he resurrected, we would kill him. <laughs> he rest, we killed him <laughs> we killed him again so we killed him three times and then he he brought one of his guildmates over who was also 60 and at that point the fight was pretty much over because it was a healer and the healer could just heal him and he could just kill us so what we did is we kited him to the nearby alliance town so there's guards there that can help us so i kited him i kept taunting him we were emoting him he fell for it he charged into me the guards ran after him the guards <laughs> ultimately killed him and then his friend resurrected him. So there's two of them. And then they started attacking the city a little bit. And then a ton of low-level people, I'm talking like 30 people, got in a group. And we rushed this guy down. We rushed both of them down. It was like 30v2. And it was just all these people doing no damage, like very little damage to this guy. And we killed him. We killed both of them. And it was the funniest thing in the world because you just see all these low-level people who could probably die in, in one or two hits from this guy just jumping. Just imagine like a, a, a creature, like a, a, an animal dying to a bunch of ants just crawling all over him as this guy's trying to escape. <laughs> So we did that for, for a while. And what's so funny about it is these fights like start out in like 30 minute increments. And then all of a sudden it's been four hours and we're still killing this guy. But I mean, that, that's just one experience I've had so far. And so we've had a lot of that, which has definitely slowed down my leveling experience. Um, I've been leveling my trade skills consistently because trade skills are very valuable. And I spend a lot of time doing that. Um, but yeah, the scripting on the, on the classic realm is excellent. I've had very, very minor issues so far. Um, I've done every quest I can find every time. So usually within a, a certain number of levels, there's usually a dungeon that you're, that the game kind of encourages you to do. So you're questing in a zone. And then when you get towards the end of leveling in that zone, there's usually a quest that, that tells you to talk to some guy who encourages you to do a dungeon. You gather all the quests, you get your buddies together and you go do the dungeons. We've done every dungeon so far that we, we can get our hands on. It's been a very fun experience. The dungeons are done very well. 
Um, that has also slowed me down a little bit because dungeons are not the best way to level, but it's been very fun to do all these dungeons, see the different mechanics that Blizzard implemented. And yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else with, with that piece of it. So what are the different, what, what do you mean by different mechanics that they've implemented? So certain bosses have, have certain mechanics. So Harad, uh, so Harad, for instance, is named after a boss in Scarlet Monastery. Scarlet Monastery is a level 30-something dungeon. There's four wings to it, actually. There's the graveyard, there's the library, there's the armory, and there's the cathedral. And they, they, they range in difficulty in that order. Armory is the third one. And as you're going through armory, you're fighting a lot of guys with weapons or paladin-type mobs. And then when you get to the end, you fight Harad. And Harad is a humanoid. He has this weapon called the Ravager. Ravager is a two-handed axe that has the chance on hit to make you literally stop moving, spin in place, and hit everybody around you. And so he does this. So during the boss encounter, he'll just all of a sudden start spinning and just start cleaving and hitting everybody. So that's one mechanic. Then when you get to Cathedral, which is the final wing of Scarlet Monastery, you fight uh, White Mane and Mograine. And White Mane, as, as I said before, is another server name. White Mane is a priest. Uh, Mograine is a paladin. You fight Mograine first. You kill him. She comes out and she's like, Mograine's dead. Like, what the shit? I'll kill you. So she attacks you. You get her low. She puts the entire party to sleep. She resurrects him. She puts her health at full. And then you have to fight both of them at the same time. And Mograine also bubbles, which makes him invulnerable. It's a paladin-type ability for a while. So these are just... They slowly started adding more mechanics as you get deeper into the gotcha. game. So just on, like the bosses on. have different like mechanics in the battle, is what you're saying. Yeah. For the most part, they're not super complex. Um, as you can imagine, these is a very old game. Uh, usually they involve adds or some sort of mechanic that the boss does that you have to have to play around. So it was very fun to do all these dungeons throughout the time. Uh, most of them were an absolute blast. I still have a few more that I'm excited to do. Um, the next one I'm doing is Sunken Temple, and then I'll do uh, Maradon, and then Black Rock Depths. And then at level 60, there's like 10 or 15 different dungeons that you can do. And they're all different. And they have all these different mechanics. And it's, it's very exciting. There's, there's so much to do. Um, it, it's funny. One of the things Lisa said to me is every time she plays, she intends to do something, and she gets distracted by something else. So you have trade huh. skills. So you have... You have primary trade skills, so you can get gathering professions like herbalism or skinning, so you can skin mobs or mining. But then you also have trade skills, so you can build things with leatherworking or blacksmithing. Or if you want to be an enchanter, you can enchant people's gear. There's all these different trade skills, but then there's secondary professions. There's cooking, there's first aid, there's, um, there's a third one, uh, fishing. Fishing is the third one. Fishing, oddly enough, a very valuable trade skill can actually accumulate accumulate a lot of gold. My fishing's actually capped because I've spent a lot of time leveling it up. First aid, you can bandage yourself during combat to help regain health. So there's there's a lot of different things that go on from leveling to accumulating gold to trade skills to PvP to doing dungeons. And this is what makes uh, this is one of the key things that makes this game so enjoyable for me is gold has such a high value to it. So early on, it's, it's very funny. Lisa made this comment. Zach made this comment. When you're leveling every two levels, you, will, you, you have the ability to train new abilities from your class trainer. You have to go to one of the major cities where your class is based out of. You talk to your trainer, and then you have to purchase additional abilities for your class. But these, the cost of these abilities scales while you're leveling. So if you are very bad with your money or if you waste your money, you will not be able to afford to train higher level abilities. <laughs> Wait, can you so, say that? I don't know if I... Say that one more time. I don't know if I followed it. Try to so as you level up, you right. gain the ability to get new abilities or higher ranks of abilities that you already have for your class. Okay. And they cost money. 
And the cost of those abilities scales up with you as you level. So at level, let's say you, you when you train at level at level 16, it's 10 silver to train some of your abilities. Whereas where I'm at right now, it's two gold to get a single ability. So it gets <laughs> to the point where you have to pick and choose which abilities you're going to train as you're leveling, if you want to, gotcha. or you can purchase all of them. So gold has a very high value to it. And in order to level your trade skills, it costs money. So you have to be pretty intelligent with your money. You can't be really stupid about it. You can't just go in the auction house and purchase a bunch of stuff and blow all your money because you probably can't train abilities. Also, if you want to fly to a new location, you have to have money. So you, you have to be reasonable with your money, which is very fun. So there are times when you're like, I'm actually not going to level today. I'm just going to go farm gold. I'm going to go farm mobs. Uh, I have skinning. I'm going to go farm beasts. I'm going to farm beasts all day. I'm going to farm a bunch of skins. I'm going to sell them to a leather worker. That guy probably needs them, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go meet up with that guy. So then you you go into trade chat and you're like, hey, I want to sell these skins. Let me know. Some guy messages you. You meet up with them. You physically go meet up with them in the world. You trade him the, the skins. He gives you gold. Great. And then you're like, okay, I have enough gold. I'm gonna go fly to a new zone and start leveling. That's a pretty specific situation, uh, but this boils down to the auction house. So in order to accumulate gold, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can kill mobs. You can sell stuff in chat, or you can post it on the auction house. Uh, the auction house is accessed through the major cities, and you can essentially post items on the auction house. People purchase it. There's a posting cost, and the auction house takes a cut when it sells, right? Sure. So yeah, if you yeah. sell things in the auction house, you lose a little bit of money in the process because mm -hmm. obviously the auction house takes a cut of it. Auction house for me has been a fucking blast. I've had so <laughs> really? much fun with it. So I, I am getting very big into investing outside of WoW. So this was a big opportunity for me to, to, to kind of mess around with investing skills. So what I did is I identified key markets that I thought were very valuable. There are specific items that I know are worth a lot of money and other people probably don't know that they're worth a whole lot of money. So what I did is I saved up as much gold as I could while I was mm. leveling. And whenever people would post those items in the auction house, I purchased them. And I have a large pile of specific items there's like six items in particular that i've stored up and then in the upcoming weeks those items are going to go up in value because less people are leveling so those items are not going to be as prevalent on the auction house because everybody's leveling right now so they may get those items throughout their leveling experience post them in the auction house i buy them and then as less people are leveling those prices are going to go up and i can control the market very fun this is just a, once Damn. again this is one specific element of the game with so much more to it so this, the auction house has been very fun for me. I have had an absolute blast with it. I've controlled two markets so far. I bought out the auction house of these two specific items. I reset the value of them. Anytime somebody posts lower than me, I buy it and repost it at my price. Every single time. If somebody posts <laughs> under me, I buy it and I instantly sell it for a high rate. And I have, I have reset <laughs> markets a couple times over the last couple weeks. And I have made a good amount of gold. But the biggest thing I'm trying to encourage myself to do is anytime I have gold, Spend it on something that I'm going to invest in that I can sell future in the future. And that's what I've been trying to that's do as much nice. as possible. It's very fun and it's really great to track the market, to monitor the prices of things and to understand how, how they're fluctuating. It has been super duper fun. Um, I just can't tell you how much time I spent on the auction house, just checking prices. I'll stop leveling for a few minutes, log over to one of my alts, just to check the auction house, check pricing, see if anybody's underbid <laughs> me on things and just keep kind of going back and forth. So, this is everything that I've done so far, and I'm level 50. When you hit level 60, the game opens up. That's when the game actually starts for most people. When you hit level 60, your class gets, you get to the point, oh, I forgot to mention this as well. As you're leveling, one of the quests that you get throughout the time is you'll have class-specific quests. 
each class has a unique set of quests that they get to do throughout the time. And they usually give very specific items that are beneficial to your class, or they give you specific abilities. For instance, in order to get my resurrect spell, my paladin, I had to do this quest where I had to go rescue somebody and ultimately they die. And then I have to use the resurrect spell on them. And that's how you learn it. And it's a very fun quest. There's some, there's some pretty interesting lore to it. And there's some interesting dialogue with the person you actually resurrect, but that's just one example of, of one of the quests you do. But throughout the time, you can spend time to do all these quests and get some of the items for it, or you can just kind of skip them. But once you get to max level, there are specific class quests that become almost mandatory. They're just so valuable that you have to do. And so when you hit 60, you have you can continue to quest. You can start farming dungeons to start getting uh, really good gear together. You can finish leveling your trade skills. You can start ranking in PvP. You can start raiding, which is a 40-man. Uh, basically, you have to get together 40 different people and try to do some of the, the more difficult, highest uh, kind of caliber dungeon experience that you can do. You can also farm gold so you can get your epic mount. Um, your epic mount costs about 1,000 gold. I probably have about 200 gold right now, and I have a decent amount of gold. So farming your epic mount is a, is a big deal for a lot of people. It takes a lot of time to accumulate the gold to do so. Um, but... One of the things I'm encouraging people that I'm playing with is try to find a way to make money through different circumstances. Because there's a lot of different ways you can make gold, as I was kind of talking about before huh. with my example. Okay. So you can get creative with it. Um, there's a lot of things. like So one of the things people are doing right now is they are selling a service to run low-level people through dungeons. They, they basically will group up with them at a high level. They'll run them through it and charge them a couple gold. Great. Mm -hmm. It's just something that they're doing in order to make gold. Uh, there's a guy... <laughs> Who will he will uh, walk you? So if you uh, you can auto follow people, so your character will automatically follow that person. He will walk you to whatever destination you want on the map, so that you don't really? have to. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's cool. So that guy, that guy, uh, I was talking to him. He charges like ten silver to do it, and he had like five gold at a very low level just from walking lazy people around the map. So <laughs> I love it because there's so many different ways you can make gold to get yeah. your epic mount, get your your gear at level sixty. And I'm not even sixty yet. I'm not even. I'm probably another week out if not maybe more based on the pacing that I'm doing right now. I have probably about 150 hours played in the last two, two and a, week, two and a half weeks or so. Uh, so obviously I sat in front of my computer for, for about a week straight and it was, it was un unbelievably fun. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much fun I've had in the last, last week and a half. It's been very fun to show all my friends who didn't play this originally or who had uh, very, who, who played very lightly when it first came out. Mm -hmm. It's been very fun to kind of show them the ropes and talk them through it and show them different things uh, that they may not have experienced. And so far, everybody that we've been playing with is, is into it. I mean, it, it's crazy. There were, there were a couple people that, that were a part of my friend group that were like, yeah, I'm probably not going to play vanilla. And I was like, you're going to play, but you may not get into it. And they're like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to play it, but I'm probably not going to enjoy it. And so what I did is I tried to help out as many of those people as possible along the way, answering their questions, giving them suggestions, um, trying to help them with certain dif difficult parts, maybe helping them with dungeons or difficult quests. And they are all sticking around. And it's been very fun because any game you're playing with your close friends is amazingly fun. But if it's this game as well, it's you know, you just basically double down on the fun. And it's it's been a really great experience. I think everybody that we're playing with so far is going to stick. Uh, there's one person who's kind of teetering right now, but um, yeah. And I will say, so we, we made a guild. Where there's, there's like 14 of us in this guild. Guess what our guild name is? Oh, uh, shit. I can... 42069, uh, no scope. It's Frick Yes Spread It. <laughs> 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 or I will say, 
It was. Uh, we got reported. And, oh and the no. guild name got removed. So our guild name is now going to be China. It's C-H-O-I-N-A, China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's um, too bad. I know, but let me, let me tell you the guild ranks. We have some really, really good guild ranks. I, I designed the guild ranks because you can actually like design the tabard. You can design the guild okay. ranks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our guild ranks are as followed. I may, I may, may not send, say all these because some of them are inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> one of them is uh, Ro Jogan. Uh, nice. One is Shiny Teeth, which is from Fairly Odd Parents. If Shiny you don't know that, teeth? Shiny Teeth. It's okay. from it's from Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. It's a Nickelodeon show. Uh, has a phone, which is referencing Blizzard. Don't you guys have a phone? Uh, oh you, right. You remember that? We're yeah, talk yeah. about Diablo Immortal. Yeah, everybody's uh, smooth... got a phone. Yeah, you guys have phones, don't you? Uh, we got Smooth Brain. Okay. Uh, we got Prove It, China. Uh, Botox my balls, which is, it's a really <laughs> funny story. Yeah. So somebody, I, I don't know who it was. It was I don't know if it was a celebrity. It was on a podcast. Oh no, it was it was a comedian. He was talking about getting his balls Botox so that they're really smooth. Oh, and fuck. I was dying. I don't, I don't remember why, why it came up, but we were talking about it. So it ended up, ended up being adopted to one of our, uh, one of our guild ranks, which was just, just <laughs> hilarious. So unfortunately, our guild got reported, but we're going to rename it uh, to China here in the, in the next week or so. Just China. What if you change it to Frickia? Uh, nah, if, 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 you, if you test the water once and Blizzard tells you no, if you do it a second time, okay. you'll probably get permabanned. So <laughs> I don't want to get banned. We were, we were gonna, I can't believe somebody reported us. In all seriousness, it was probably somebody we killed. Uh, we, so a couple <laughs> of my friends made these macros. So you can emote at people. You can like slap them across the face. You don't actually slap them, but it just says like Robert slapped Jay across the face. Sure. Robert spit on Jay. Robert makes a rude gesture at Jay. So some of my friends made these macros. So when they use their abilities, it spams them. So it'll say like 10 lines of Robert spits on Jay or, or Robert slaps Jay across the face or whatever, whatever. So whenever we're killing people, we of course just emote the shit out of them as hard <laughs> as we can because it's just, it just adds insult to energy. It just rubs salt in the wound. What hurts their feelings? Hopefully. I mean, they, they chose <laughs> to play the wrong faction. If, if, if you see a red nameplate, which means they're Horde, they got to die. Um, we, we have been just absolute monsters in PvP. Hunter, Hunter and I in particular, when we're leveling, uh, this happened on numerous occasions. You're just questing, right? You're walking around, you're, you're heading to an area, and you'll walk up, and, and one of your, one of your um, faction is getting attacked by a Horde, or maybe it's a 2v1. And Hunter and I will instantly dive in, don't even care what level the other people are, don't even care what level the person getting attacked is, and we will try to keep them alive and kill the other people every single time. And it is the most fun thing to do when you just run in headfirst and just do that. Um, the last thing I will say is there's been a couple planned world events so far where essentially people have posted on the Discord for my server, and they basically invite everybody to go to a specific zone. Actually, let me share this screenshot with you. Uh, it is hilarious because they basically say, hey, everybody show up to this zone at this specified time. We're going to run at each other for a couple hours and just kill each other. Nice. And it has been a blast because it is just world PvP on top of world PvP on top of world PvP. And it has been so unbelievably fun just running at each other. Let me see if I can find the screenshot. Sorry, I'm scrolling through this right now. I'd like to look at the screenshot, but I think that's all the time we have for tonight. So uh, we're going to have to call this one. Yeah, right. No, I don't think I can actually find no it. Luck. But yeah, we've had uh, we've had some pretty fun nights of, of getting very little leveling done because we just end up... PV and what I love about it the most is Lisa's gotten into PvP. Lisa, who I thought was going to be very <laughs> passive, 
is yeah. completely down with killing people <laughs> and trying to stop other people from killing people. And it is the funniest thing in the world when I like look over at her monitor and she's just killing somebody. And I'm just dying because I'm like, yes, she's, she got it. She, she understands that if, if you're fighting, if somebody's around you and they're the opposite faction, they probably need to die. Um. <clears throat> I think that's everything. Is that it? I think that's everything. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited. I, I would love to give you a tour and uh, maybe start a character with you just to kind of help you at the beginning as well get acclimated. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of quality of life things. Lisa even commented on this as well, and, and Hunter and Zach as well, is like questing. I mean, questing, there is, unless you uh, have add-ons, They don't. there's no arrow that says go here and kill these right, mobs. Right, right, right. It says like the go quest, to the cave over this yeah. direction or... It's and especially kill, coming kill. back and finding, sometimes coming back and finding the person uh, that you're supposed to go to, like get your reward or something, is a little bit tricky sometimes. Yeah, and the quest will be like kill the the big bad wolves, and you go over and you're killing wolves. And you're like, why am I not getting credit for this? And it's like, oh, I'm not killing big bad wolves. I'm only killing little bad wolves. Like, oh, right, shit, right, I need right, to kill right. these specific ones. Yeah, so I obviously through through multiple playthroughs, I know which which mobs you need to kill and stuff. So. But for some of the newer people, I completely understand the the frustration and and kind of the almost the stupidity of it because I mean it's it's an older game, right? So I, I I respect it, but if people want to use mods, I completely understand. I mean, there's some there's some pretty janky stuff. So the quality of life stuff is a little bit frustrating. There's a lot of walking, uh, which obviously for a lot of people, I mean, World of yeah. Warcraft Classic has the nickname of World of Warcraft because you'll be spending probably fifteen to twenty percent of your time walking from A to B. Now I will say. I think it actually has a very good purpose, and this may sound really weird. This is just my philosophy on it, but I think it helps to create a variety of gameplay. So hear me out. So you are you walk from a town to the area requesting. You're killing mobs. You finish the quest. You go back to town. You vendor all of your stuff. Maybe you mail some stuff off to your alt that you want to keep, and then you end up having to walk to do turn in the quest. During that time, your mind has sort of reset the cooldown of killing mobs, right? So the next time you go out and kill mobs, you don't feel like you're just constantly killing mobs or constantly doing X or Y. It just creates a variety of gameplay that, for me, I think helps to prevent me from getting burned out. I think that monotonous kind of boring stuff helps to keep the game ever interesting, for, for me at least. And I, I, I understand kind of the frustration and, and the criticism of that, but for me, I really enjoy it. And on top of that, when you are walking around, in most cases, you will have some sort of interaction with another player. You may find somebody of your same faction that needs help with something, and you can either buff them, heal them, you can join their party and help them with the quest, or better yet, you may find somebody of the opposing faction where you can engage in PvP, you can kill them, you know, whatever it may be. Also, when I'm walking around a lot, I find random shit that I didn't know exist from quests that I didn't know exist. Sometimes you'll find treasure chests, which obviously have valuable loot to them. Sometimes you'll just find kind of a doodad that Blizzard put in the game that you didn't even know existed. So I love doodads. I love doodads. And I love Blizzard has put, they put you uh, some of the original developers of, of uh, classic wow. And some of the current iterations of wow, people who don't work for Blizzard anymore are playing and they've been posting on Twitter, how much they understand the interest and want for this project and one of the i forget specifically who it was i think it was one of the voice actors said i can clearly see why people enjoy this project so much it really feels like blizzard put so much time and effort into every piece of this that makes it feel like such a passionate project and for me like the when i read history i was like that is exactly how i feel about it that is exactly what 
I feel the, the newer iterations of a lot of MMOs, and in particular World of Warcraft, the, the current uh, iteration of it, black heavily. Like it just feels like they are trying to push out as much content with the least amount of effort. And it really feels like when you play this and you get to the higher, when you start to get to the higher levels, you can truly feel how much time and experience, excuse me, how much time and energy they put into uh, this project overall. So. Well, d- well, damn. Yeah. I had spent a long time coming. Yeah. It was a, I was so excited that the days before I could barely sleep the night before. Oh man, you have no idea. Like I was so, <laughs> so excited. I still am. I mean, I'm obviously still playing nonstop. Um, I'm very excited. And my favorite thing about all of this, so it's doing incredibly well. Blizzard will not release the numbers because they're a bunch of pussies and I hate them for it. And I really wish they would say the numbers because <laughs> I look at my friends list every day and I see zero people playing retail. Wow. I see zero play- people playing retail. I see nobody playing Hearthstone, nobody playing Overwatch, nobody playing Starcraft. All of my friends are always playing classic. Wow. And it just makes such a big statement. And I, I really hope that people continue to play it because I want Blizzard to invest further resources into it. And what Blizzard said is this year at BlizzCon, they're going to talk about their plans with Classic WoW and what they're going to do with the project. They are talking about either redoing the expansions so that you can basically play from the start to finish again. They're talking about adding new content to Classic WoW that they didn't originally do, which would be my choice without question. Um, so they are actually talking about investing new resources into a 15-year-old game because it is doing better and is providing them more success than their current projects. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I called this years ago. I, I specifically said, it, I was like, if Blizzard invested the time and energy into this project, they could make, they could bring back their fan base, they could bring back their player base, and they could make so much money. And hopefully, hopefully they don't fuck it up. I really hope they don't. They have to fix the server issues. They have to get rid of layering. But it's a big it's a big undertaking. Blizzard dug themselves into a bit of a hole right now, and I'm hoping that they can find a way out of it. But yeah, we'll see. Well, okay, I got so I got some questions for you, and that leads me into one of them. Sure. Um, isn't the point? Well, tell me. Okay, I thought the point of having classic WoW was that you didn't have all the expansions. Correct. But, so what's the point of re-releasing the expansions on Classic WoW if the whole point... Like, why would they do that if the whole point is to not have the expansions? So some of them were pretty good, and people just kind of want to experience the chronological order again, just to kind of feel what it was like to go through it. Because a lot of players probably have to have... This is just a rough estimate, or just a complete estimate off the top, but probably half the players didn't get to experience the progression that was all the different expansions of WoW. Me, personally, I really wish they would just not do the expansions again unless they redid them the burning crusade which was the first expansion uh which a lot of people consider to be the best expansion for me is it's just okay it it, for a long time i really wanted to play burning crusade again but after playing it on some private servers i don't think it's that great i think uh, i ultimately think that is when they started adding some of the quality of life things that ultimately brought wow to the status it is today they implemented flying mounts which to me is one of the pivotal things that ruined the game they added a lot of quality of life things they took away a lot of the aspects of classes that made them unique and made the classes feel very custom um so so burning crusade was 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 kind of the beginning of the downfall for me and then wrath of the lich king which was the second expansion which was actually their highest grossing expansion um was considered to be the beginning of the end that is when they started adding 
all of the quality of life stuff in that prevented people from needing to be in guilds and parties and groups and having to have close friends to play with. It basically made it, it started the downfall of playing a single player game in an MMO universe. So if they do want to redo all the expansions, I beg Blizzard to please, please redo them entirely. Don't just copy paste the original content and hope that people are actually going to enjoy it. It would just do the same thing that they did last time. I hope that they consider on just on just adding content to the end of Classic WoW and then ultimately maybe doing a new expansion overall. Um, so then how long before they re-release original Classic WoW with no expansions? Ten more years? Uh, so the, the runtime for Classic WoW is two years. The content uh, scheduling takes about two years to do. And based on Blizzard's uh, topic so far, it looks to be about two years across the board. So in two years, we they essentially will have to make a decision whether if they want to add new content or if they want to ultimately uh, redo some of the old expansions. Okay, so I played <clears throat> I played some. How um, much is some? I'm just curious. Uh, probably about four to five hours. Holy shit! I never even think it would last that long. <laughs> it wasn't, I you know, it wasn't much, but um, I th- I think it was something like that. Um, what did you play? What race? What uh, Night Elf Hunter. Wow, the default Legolas class. Okay. Okay. Um, what? So first off, I love I love hearing how much you love this game. Sure. Um, what it, what is it that keeps you drawn into it? in the early game because so far for me, the experience has been kind of tedious at first I started off and I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Killing stuff. You know, I'm loving leveling up, getting experience. I'm getting new gear mm-hmm. every now and then. And then it was like an hour later, I'm still killing stuff and getting a little bit of stuff. And then it's like a couple hours later, I'm still just killing stuff and getting experience. And that's so far that has been, that's all I've done. I think you used the right word to describe it. Tedious is probably the best way to describe the first 15 levels or so. The first 10 levels for most classes are kind of boring, especially for a hunter. Hunters acquire their pet at level 10, uh, which makes a massive difference for them. So early on, the levels are very tedious, and they you don't really have much that diversifies you from other classes. In most cases, you'll use your abilities to run out of mana, or in your case, until the mob gets in your face, and then ultimately you have to kill it. So the thing that makes it so enjoyable for me is over time, your character is growing and developing. So your character could be growing and developing from you just leveling and you acquiring new abilities as you level. At level 10, you also acquire the talent tree, which every level subsequently after that, you are given a talent point that you can implement into one of the three talent trees that you have. And then as you progress through that, at level 40, you can actually get to the final talent within your tree. And for most classes, it's a detrimental major uh, improvement for your class. It's something very powerful that is going to make you just so much stronger than you were prior. Cool. So you, as you're leveling, your character's getting stronger. You're developing, developing them. Maybe you're doing trade skills. Uh, maybe you're acquiring gear. For, for me, I was, I was tanking as I was leveling. I was trying to tank as many dungeons as I possibly could. So for me, I was trying to spam dungeons, get some tank gear going so that I could ultimately be a really powerful tank. I was trying to uh, just be able to run through dungeons very quickly, uh, very successfully. And just create a really like it's kind of seamless dungeoning experience for people. Because if you run dungeons with pickup groups or pugs as they're called, you're you have a 50-50 chance of having a good time. You have a 50% chance of having a group where people are probably playing with either one hand or they're breathing heavily with their mouth and they are struggling to complete it. Okay. So um 
Yeah, and that's why I really would like to to help you with 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 uh, the early stage leveling because once you get to level ten, hunters sort of become hunters are probably actually the easiest and best class for leveling. Uh, once they get their pet, their pet acts as a tank for you as or for the hunter, and then the oh, hunter okay. can just basically shoot things uh, with their bow in order to level very efficiently. So, at what point do you start uh, like joining parties and stuff? Typically, as soon as you want, as soon as you get to a quest. So maybe you're doing a kill quest where you need to kill ten mobs, right? And some of the guys doing it, you can just toss them an invite, or you can message them and say, "Hey, do you want to group up for this?" Huh, and yeah. again, you, 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 maybe seventy percent of the time people will join, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And you might make a friend. So Lisa and I met this guy named Gamo. We were doing quests. We were doing some quests in a specific zone. The quests are kind of challenging, and so I mess. He, he messaged me and said, "Hey, do you want to do this as a group?" We did it as a group. We ended up staying in group for a while, and I've grouped with the guy like four or five times afterwards for dungeons and other difficult quests. And what's nice about that, so usually when you're doing more difficult quests or you're doing kill quests where there's not a specific thing that needs to be looted, it's easy to get in a party with a bunch of random people. It just makes it more efficient, right? Because if everybody's killing the same mob type, you all get the, you all get the uh, credit for the quest. So why not be in a group and make it more efficient overall? Sure. That makes so, sense. Okay, so I was kind of under the impression that like nobody love, nobody parties early in the game. But are you saying that's kind of not the case? It depends on the player. I do. I'm very. I'm actually like very friendly generally when I when I play. So I will group with people as much as I can, um, because why not? I mean, it, it, for the most case, it's going to be a, a more seamless experience for everybody. And I have a lot of buffs that I can provide to other people. So if I'm in party with people, I generally can do more. So I invite people to party as much as I can for difficult quests. Uh, if there's any time there's PvP available, I'm always trying to create groups so that we can you know be be more powerful. I guess. Okay. That's that's. That's interesting because I didn't. I definitely did not know that because I, yeah. I would see people around and just kind of assume nobody probably wants to level right now. Until there are people like that. You run into you run into the dickheads who you're in an area where you're 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 both killing the same mob type and you'll invite them to a group and they'll like tell you no or or just decline your invite mm-hmm. and then and then this is where some fun comes in. Now you're competing. Uh, for mob tags, basically trying to get the tag first on the mobs around you, just because it's an ego battle. At that point, you're like, "Oh fuck this guy! I'm gonna get all the tags in this area. There's nothing he can do about it." And then you get a little overzealous, and you pull too many mobs, and you end up dying. And then you end up slogging off, so that guy doesn't see you again. <laughs> gotcha. But, yeah. <laughs> um. So you're saying, like, maybe around level ten-ish is when it starts to open up a little bit more and get more interesting. I would say, especially for hunters, yeah, it starts to unlock. And, and one of the other things about character development is. As you level, you're always getting new abilities. So early on, you might have like one or two different abilities. So let me take a, a screenshot for you just, just so you can understand how, how uh, diverse my UI is right now. So I am level 50, and I have probably 25, 30 different abilities at this point. Early on, you have five, maybe 10 if you're one of the classes that has a lot of buffs. Yeah, I've got But like if you look three. at my UI, I have buttons all over. I'm using different ranks of certain abilities because... There are specific circumstances where it comes into play. Mm-hmm. So as you progress your character, and, and when you're putting your talent points in, you can also acquire abilities that you didn't have before. So your character it just starts to get a bunch of different abilities developed further, further, however you want to do it, and obviously ultimately become more and more powerful over time. Okay. Um, one more question. What is, I've, I've heard you and other people say, and you just said a minute ago that the end game is really where it opens up after you put, you know, a hundred thousand hours. It, it can. I mean, leveling is very fun on its own. It's a completely different journey than, than hitting max level. Yeah. What's the difference? What happens? What, what changes? 
Um, you're not questing as much. You're not, you're, you're, you can still quest if you want to make some gold, but ultimately you can run out of quests. There's only a limited number of quests sure. in Classic WoW. So once you get to max level, uh, your transition goes from spamming quests all day to doing dungeons, to leveling trade skills, to maybe helping other people level. Maybe you're leveling a secondary character if you want to do, you know, different aspects of the game. Um, maybe you're doing something fun like farming a pet there are certain pets you can farm that are like one in 1000 drops so you're out farming this mob all day just trying to get this pet and it's purely for aesthetic it doesn't do anything that makes you more powerful so level 60 is whatever the fuck you want people rp people will just spam low level dungeons people will just talk shit in world chat people will pvp people one of the things we were doing is <laughs> a very cancerous activity so there is a, a thing called a <laughs> flight master the flight master allows you to fly from point A to B. Now, if the flight master is not there, you can't leave the area. And why wouldn't the flight master be there? Well, if you kill it. So if somebody flies in from a faraway place and they land and you're waiting for them and they can't fly out, they have nowhere to go. So if you kill the flight master and then people start flying in and you just kill them on their way in, there's nothing they can do and they can't escape. And we did this one night for like six hours. We were in this, we were in this uh, town, killed all the guards. We killed all the questing NPCs. We killed the flight master and anybody who landed instantly was just getting obliterated and they couldn't fucking leave. And it was, it was so funny. People were getting so heated. We were getting like some of the funniest emotes I've ever seen of just people oh, absolutely shit. tilted. Yeah. It was it was it was a good time. That sounds very funny. World PvP is. Oh, I will say so. Harad, the server I play on, I there are no numbers to prove this, but it's it's been said that the the uh, there is a large disparity between Horde and Alliance. That this server is probably estimated between sixty five percent and seventy percent Horde, and thirty to thirty five percent Alliance. And I play Alliance, so we are severely outnumbered. And I have felt it in numerous occasions. Oh, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified to hit 60 for that reason. Like, it's just going to be, oh, it's just going to be absolutely brutal when, when we're running into, you know, twice as many people as, as we have available. Well, maybe I will put a couple more hours into it because you're enthusiastic. Let's, let's schedule a night to play together. Okay. I will dedicate, I will sit and call with you alone and I will teach you how to play because I did that for Lisa and I specifically, I knew, I know this game is very difficult to get into, but I feel for most people, if you actually put the time into it and you have somebody that can act as training mills for you, you will find something you enjoy enough about the game to probably stick with it. So okay. if you want to schedule a time, I'd be more than happy to, to, teach you how to, to teach you how to do it. Let's do it. Um, because, you know, I'm very passionate about it, and I love to, you know, share this hobby with, with other people. Okay. So. Sounds good to me. I think I talked for an hour straight, by the way. I think you did. That's all right, because uh, it was very enthusiastic and fun to listen to. Oh, you got more? Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot. Guess how many people were watching on Twitch? Oh, fuck. A hundred trillion. Close. 1.1 1. 1 million people were watching at uh, the first day. There was a streamer yeah. in particular who had 800,000 people watching him. Holy cute. shit. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. It's insane. All right. Well, I've been playing. I have two games. Uh, World of Warcraft is very popular. This one, I think, has a little bit more fans. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong on GBA. <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is a puzzle platformer um i'm trying to find out what year it came out 2004 Ooh, i was close on i was close to our cutoff on that one when did War warcraft when did wow come out by the way mm, 
I want to say early 2005, I'm assuming. Sounds about right. Actually, no, it was like 2003, I think, wasn't it? 2004. Uh, this is this I, is. I, 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 this is November 23rd, 2004, on Wikipedia. Perfect. Okay. That was like 2004, 2005. Okay. So, uh, wow. So this just came out just a few months after Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which came out May 24th, 2004. Um, so, I don't know if you remember this, but I played... It, it's just called Donkey Kong, but it's not one of the original Donkey Kong games mm-hmm. uh, on, on regular Game Boy maybe a year or two ago. And it's also a puzzle platformer. This is basically a sequel to that. Um, That one is, again, that one was just called Donkey Kong, even though it's not the original and it's nothing like the originals. This one is called Mario vs. Donkey Kong, basically a sequel, uh, which was also a puzzle platformer. So you you launch the, you you turn on the game. It's got this quick little cutscene at the beginning. Donkey Kong is sitting on his couch watching TV. There's a commercial for some Mario toys. And... Uh, Donkey Kong gets like hearts in his eyes. He's got to have it. He's got to have the Mario toys. Of course, understandably. Yeah. So Donkey Kong goes to the Mario toy factory and starts stealing all the toys. And you're chasing him through the factory to catch him. You play as Mario. Um, Each level is a part of the factory. You're just chasing him basically all the way up. Um, And so the way uh, the levels go is there are, I think, six worlds. And each level in the world is you go to level and somewhere uh, in the level there's a key and somewhere there is a door. You have to figure out how to get to the key and also how to get how to take the key to the door. Um, That's simple enough. Yeah. And then, you know, and obviously there's like, you know, little tricks and stuff. You got to like figure, you know, it's, 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 it's not just like, oh, grab it and take it to the door. You know, it's, it's like, okay, how the hell am I going to get there? Oh, okay. Now I see. You know, it's not too hard, but there's a little bit of problem solving there. Sure. It's a puzzle game, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the next room after that, after you get the key in the door, then it takes you to a, a, a next room where there is just a, a Mario toy somewhere. And it's basically the same idea. You just get to the Mario toy, but you don't have to take it to a door. You just get to it, and then when you get to it, you finish that level. So you do this a few times, and then on. I, I think typically... Gosh, I don't remember. I want to say there are... Maybe somewhere between six and eight uh, levels in a world. So you do this, you know, six to eight times. And, uh, and and by world, I just mean they're basically separate sections of this uh, factory. Okay. Then, the, then the second... What's the t- average length of a level? Uh, not very long, like a few okay. minutes. Two oh, okay. Or, two or three minutes. Um, and then, then when you do that a number of times, and then at the second to last level of the world, it's a little bit different again. All of the toys that you found, they're little Mario toys. You're kind of guiding them through the level. And it's one of these situations where they are typically on a platform below you, but they're still kind of following wherever you can go, wherever mm-hmm. you go. Um, and they can, they don't have all the abilities that you do. They can't, I don't like, they can't climb ladders, for instance, but they can jump on trampolines. So there's this, uh, there's this toy chest on these levels and you're trying to guide them and get them to where they can kind of get up on your level and get inside this toy chest. And there, and there are uh, little, you know, hazards and stuff that you're trying to get them to avoid while you're sort of leading them around. Uh, and then when they get to the, uh, to the toy chest, 
you only have to save just at least one, but it benefits you to save as many to get to, to, you know, for as many to survive as possible because however many, uh, Mario toys survive that level, that's how many basically hit points you have in the boss fight against Donkey Kong for that world. Okay. So if all make, uh, if all eight of them, if say you've got eight in that level that all make it to the box, then you don't, then when you, then in the last level, when you're, when you have a kind of like a boss battle against Donkey Kong, then you can get hit eight times before you die. Um, and then the, 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 the boss battles against Donkey Kong are, are kind of more typical Donkey Kong type stuff. It's usually him sitting somewhere like throwing shit at you and you have to throw shit like back at him. Shit yeah. Like literal shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and you throwing stuff back at him, you know, you dodging that stuff and, and jumping up to get to where he is and throwing like a barrel at him or something like that. Do that a few times and you beat the level. That's the game. So the types of things you're dealing with are, you know, it gets progressively more complex. Obviously it starts off pretty easy. gets harder and harder. So you're dealing with, you know, platforms, moving platforms, ladders, switches that might activate, you know, a certain color. So sometimes there are blocks and like there might be red blocks and yellow blocks and blue blocks. And if you hit a, uh, a red block switch, then only the red blocks show up and the yellow ones and the blue ones disappear, you know, and so on for the other colors. So there are switches like that. There are ropes to climb. There's some bad guys. There's some robots that like walk back and forth with ropes hanging that you have to climb on. And then kind of sit there and hang and wait till they walk to another place and then jump off or get onto another rope. Uh, there's little... Uh, conveyor belts. There are switches to reverse conveyor belts. There's lasers that activate on Jesus. and off. Yeah, there's all this. There's all sorts of different things. They they did a good job of adding a wide variety of different types of things that you have to deal with. Uh, and that's 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 pretty much it. That's the whole game. It's you know, just the same idea. It just gets a little bit harder on each on each world. The final battle was was pretty cool because it is um really reminiscent of the original Donkey Kong. They have it to where you are on top of the toy factory building and it's, and on top of the building, it has all the scaffolding kind of like they were going to like build something else up there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just, so it's very, very similar to the original Donkey Kong. You're bouncing up callback. Yeah, exactly. The, the the layout's not quite the same, but it's the same, but you know, it's scaffolding and him throwing barrels and you having to jump up and throw stuff back at him. So that was kind of neat. That was a nice little touch. Um, and that's, you know, again, like I said, that's that's pretty much it. This game is good if that's if that's what you're looking for. The I found the graphics to be a little bit dull. Um I and I don't remember I don't know why exactly, it's cuz it's been too long, but I do remember liking the Game Boy version more than I liked playing this one. Hmm. So you, you don't remember why though? Yeah, I don't really remember why. I just remember feeling more engaged and interested in it. Uh, you know, as I was playing Donkey Kong on Game sure. Boy, then I was playing this. Um, and that's pretty much all there is to Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Uh, you know, nothing bad to say about it. If you want a puzzle platformer, this fits the bill. Uh, but I would probably recommend going for Donkey Kong on Game Boy first. Also, you know, we've talked about uh, the, um, the, the Game Boy Advance battery life, like how badass it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I... Beat this entire game on a single battery charge. Damn, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like it's not a short. You know, it's not a super long game, but it's not a short game either. 
But it occurred to me, you know, so I hadn't played my, you know, I hadn't pulled my Game Boy Advance out in a while before I started playing this. So I was like, oh, okay, I need to charge it. So I charged it. And then when I, when I was about to beat the game, I was like, holy shit, I have not had to charge this. I haven't had to like recharge it at all. I'm still playing on that <laughs> the same original charge. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they, they uh, apparently they knew how to make batteries very well back then. Switch has a pretty good battery to it. I know they're uh, making a lot longer in the the new version they're releasing, but damn, oh, right. that battery life's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I played it. I went to Denver a couple weeks ago and uh, played it on the plane and was able to. Uh, yeah, I didn't have to like charge it or anything. It lasted mm-hmm. the whole the whole time. And then the other game I've played uh, is Super Tennis for Super Nintendo. Uh, I played this because I'm looking up the date for this one. Um, this was on the the games that came out for uh, the Super Nintendo games that they released on the Switch for Switch Online. Okay, this was 1991 for Super Nintendo. And um, it's, you know, it's just tennis. But I used to play this game all the damn time with one of my friends when we were in, uh, I guess, probably... One of the addicting sports games from back in the day? Yeah, it's just one of those games that... It's like, okay, let's play Super... You know, we're here. It's like, yep. we, we just know. Yeah, we're going to be playing Super Tennis. Um, it's nothing special, but... And I wasn't really expecting it to be anything special, but it is... It does have everything that you could want out of a SNES-era tennis game. Gotcha. The, the, the gameplay is solid. Nothing stands out crazy about it, but there's nothing wrong with it either. Mm-hmm. It's got you know, three ways to hit the ball, which is, you know, even that alone is, is, is more than most tennis games had back then. It's like, usually you just hit this one. You've got just a normal hit. You've got a lob and you've also got this other kind of hit where it like kind of go, it doesn't lob it, but it kind of goes farther than it normally would. So I found that most of the time it like maybe even all the time, it's best just to do a normal hit, but it is, you know, just kind of nice touch that you have these other options. There are multiple court types that you can choose from, and they affect the way... There are three different types of courts you can play on clay or regular or hard, and they affect the way that the ball bounces. Um, the game's challenging. It's not crazy difficult, but it is, you know, just enough to make to, to keep it interesting. The controls the controls really feel good. The way your character runs around and and the timing for hitting the ball is all is all really good. And you also never feel like you have to have... Like, so, there was one tennis game that I was playing recently. It might have been, like, an NES tennis game or something like that. And I've played others similar where it feels like you have to have pixel-perfect accuracy to hit the damn ball. Yeah. And it gets really frustrating because you can never quite tell where you're supposed to be or when exactly sure. to swing. This one, it feels just right. You never have to, You never feel like you were cheated, you know, that you missed it. Or you never feel like you have to like get a hundred percent perfect. It's like, Oh yeah, I feel like I should hit the ball. Now I hit it. Yeah. And if you're in the right spot, you know, if you're, if you're close to the ball, he's going to hit it. It feels good. So it makes sense. Exactly. It makes sense. Okay. Um, two players fun. Like I said, we used to play this all the time, you know, of course against the computer, it does get a little bit repetitive where you just kind of, you know, it's tennis. You're just hitting the ball back and forth. So if you're going to play this game, you kind of need to play two players. Okay. That's 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 what makes it interesting. You can play singles or doubles, and if you are playing doubles with two players, or you know you can play doubles just one player as you would expect. But if you're playing two players, then you can play on the same side or versus each other. Either way, um, I found doubles to be more fun even with one player, even just because it's it seems it feels a little bit more hectic and there's just kind of more going on. Uh, and then there's little touches in the game like. 
so if you have like a long round, there's like a whole lot of back and forths before somebody misses the ball. Then like your character, it'll show you the characters like reacting after after that one little round, and like one guy will be saying rats and like smacking his uh, racket on the ground, and the other guy will be kind of like I forgot what he says, but you know he's obviously happy and excited. Uh, there are a there are a bunch of characters to choose from. Oddly, there are ten guys and ten girls, and it's it's not anybody. It's not like real tennis players. It's just generic like oh this is Aaron and Rob and Sally and this kind of stuff. Um, I believe there is a little, I believe there are differences in how the characters play, but I don't know. It, it doesn't say what they are. Um, but they all like look really unique as well. Like one guy's wearing sunglasses. One guy looks like kind of just like a crackhead. Some people look normal. It, it, you know, some people might be wearing a hat. There's a little bit of variety there, you know, just, just enough to, you know, you can, you can tell they put forth an effort to keep it fun. Um, you can play a circuit, which is basically like a season or you can just do one-offs. You can even like little things you can even change the color of the ball if you want to there are like five different colors that you can make the ball um so yeah it's again kind of like mario versus donkey kong it's super solid game nothing groundbreaking about it you know i don't have any reason to go back to it i mostly only played it because i had you know strong nostalgia for it it does what it does pretty well what it does isn't anything really special especially nowadays but uh but for the time that came out, I, I, I it was an impressive tennis game. And that's what I've got. Cool. <laughs> I think you showed me up this time. Yeah, it's just a one time. Just for, yeah, okay. I, I'll let you have this one. <clears throat> All right, Jay. Um, so those are the games we've been playing: World of Warcraft Classic, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and Super Tennis. It's time for us to discuss our top fives. You good to go on that one? I am. All right, let's do it. Top five games you were not allowed to play or buy. Um, think uh, this one's pretty self-explanatory, so why don't we just get rolling with it? You, can you uh, start us off on this one? What's your number five? Sure. Uh, my number five would be Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> um, yeah. This isn't a game I necessarily wanted to buy or rent, but this was this came up in the news actually. Um, my really? my mom, yeah, I was in the paper or something about kids playing this game, and it was so inappropriate and so graphic and <laughs> blah blah. And my mom, like, as soon as she heard that, anytime we went to Blockbuster, she's like, "You ready to give me one?" Except for this list of games. When I was a child, there was a there was a pretty big list of games that I wasn't allowed to play, and oh, this really? was definitely one of them. I had no interest in playing this game. I, I didn't even know what it was until my mom told me about it, which was pretty freaking ironic because it's like <laughs> her whole intention was to stop me from playing it, but in actuality, she gave me the whole. Yeah, spiel, which now you're me... interested. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my number five, my, my my number five and four, and to some extent number three are all kind of are they're they're kind of uh, predictable, sort of stereotypical games that people weren't allowed to play. Um, for me, number five is Mortal Kombat. I just remember. Um, I remember, like, even the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, there's no way in hell I'd be allowed to play that. And, of course, you know, when it eventually came out, um, well, you know, like, once parents start finding out about it, then, you know, they're like, you know, it's like the same thing, just like you said, as opposed to, except, you know, versus being at Blockbuster, we would be at an arcade or something. And it's, you know, you can't play Mortal Kombat. But what what happened was, you remember, um, so they released this on Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. And that was back when Nintendo was really strict about 
the type of content that could be in their games. And so the Super Nintendo version, they uh, like watered down or they, they took a lot of the violence out of it. So instead of people, instead of blood splattering when you got hit, they, they turned it gray. So it looked like sweat. And the uh, the fatalities, they like they changed all of them or almost all of them so that they were not really graphic like they were in the game. Like it was still you killing somebody, but it was a lot different. Like, geez, I don't even remember. I don't even know if I remember many specifics, but like the one where you punch their head off, um, which I think was Johnny Cage, maybe. Like I think he just punched yeah, I him. I think he just punched him. Nor he like does the same motion, except just their head doesn't fly off. Or I, I, that was the case with uh, with Kano too. I think like instead of ripping their heart out, he just like punches them in the chest and then like pulls his hand back. But he's not holding a heart this time. <laughs> it's like dumb little things like that. So when that came out, I was allowed to buy that one because it didn't have all the violence, and that that was kind of uh, ironic because it sort of turned into like the gateway to allowing me to. To, to buy future Mortal Kombat games. Like, after that one, after my parents kind of saw that, and they're like, oh, you know, I guess this really isn't that bad or bad after all. Then Mortal Kombat 2 came out, and by that time, if memory serves me correctly, they basically scrapped the rules for, like, no blood on Super Nintendo and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, so, but I was allowed to buy it anyways, because they kind of saw this first one, they were like, oh, you know, it's just... You know, people. Fight. It's not really that different from any other game. So from then on, I was allowed to play Mortal Kombat like all I wanted, and I could play it at the arcade and everything. So it was kind of it had, kind of had the reverse effect. Yeah, I, I can completely understand that. <clears throat> all right, number four. Uh, my number four. Let's do Doom's gonna be my number four. Okay. So Doom is another game. I didn't own this game. Uh, my my one of my close friends did, but I brought it home at one point and I was playing it. And my mom saw it and she freaked out and she was like, "Hey, you can't play that again." I was like, "Oh, okay. I will never play it again." Obviously, the second I went to my buddy's house, I just kept playing it, but I never ever played it at home again. Right. Sorry, not never ever. Not until I was a teenager. <laughs> All right, my number four is Night Trap. Uh, this of course caused a big hullabaloo back in the day when it, uh, came out. And, um, so it was kind of one of the, like, I didn't even really know what the game was mm-hmm. and I doubt my parents did either, but it was just like, you know, no play night trap. And I was like, you know, at one point I kind of remember, I was like, you know, I've heard a lot about this game. I'd like to buy it and check it out and see what it's all about. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no night. Like, like it was like, what are you no. even thinking? Why, why would you even think you could play that game? Like, my friend across the street had it, and I remember my parents talking about how bad, how terrible it was that it, that his parents let him let him right? own it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so this was kind of the... Uh, this was, like, a super typical uh, experience back then of uh, of, of the Night Trap uh, craze where, where parents were just going nuts about how, how terrible it supposedly was. There, there were so many games. Two, game, two of the games on my list in particular created so much drama yeah it's actually insane like not just for my household but like publicly um my number three is duke nukem duke nukem was another one similar to that of oh, doom really? but obviously with all the oh yeah dude with all the the women in it oh, and right. the fact you could kill other people or kill other humanoids it was like a big freaking deal and the, the, the language obviously he's he was very inappropriate at times that was another one that if I played at home, because I only had speakers, I didn't have headphones. So I either had to play it at like no volume or one volume or <laughs> not at all. Because the second he would start talking, blow it out your ass. <laughs> the second he started going, 
like that was the end of it. There's there's no way I'm gonna play that game again. Um, that's funny because I remember all that now, but um, I like my parents didn't know, like they hadn't heard anything about it. So I sure. I owned that game when I was little, and like because I just remember we went to the store. And I was with my dad, and we were just kind of like looking around. And this guy was like, "Oh, we're you know we were like asking like you know what's a good game?" And this guy was like, "Oh, Duke Nukem, you gotta try this out. It's this new game. It's so cool." And we're, my dad was just like, "All right, you want that one?" And so we bought it because he didn't because they didn't know it any better. Oh, jeez. Uh, all right, my number three is Doom. Uh, just like you, it's kind of like, oh no, it's demons and you're killing people and it's all super bloody and type of stuff. It's you know, same idea like. My parents didn't necessarily know exactly what it was, but they heard just the very basics and that it was so terrible. So I wasn't allowed to have it, except I think it was my birthday. Uh, one of my friends got it for me. So since wow. my friend got it for me as a birthday present, they let me play it because I think they felt bad. At, like they didn't want to. That's be like, hilarious. <laughs> what a friend. <laughs> I know. Right. They didn't want to like, they didn't want to like, you know, make him feel bad that he got me something that I couldn't play mostly. And so uh, they were like, all right, fine. And uh, that was my that was how I was able to play Doom. Dope. Uh, right. My number two is Grand Theft Auto Three for the PlayStation Two. So my brother got his first job at seventeen, got a PS Two, got Final Fantasy X, got Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three, and he got Grand Theft Auto Three. Uh, my parents, my parents saw Grand Theft Auto Three, saw the fact that you could kill police officers, you could run people mm. down, you could pick up hookers, and the language, and they were instantly like, "Yeah, you're never allowed to play that." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had the game in the house. I played it all the time, but uh, I wasn't allowed to. So not too bad. I know. I definitely, definitely didn't spend 150 hours in that game. <laughs> Promise you. <laughs> all right, my number two is Time Killers. This mm. is a uh, fighting game where you can like cut off people's limbs and stuff, and like chop their heads off. Uh, I remember that, and this one I wasn't explicitly uh like barred from playing because my parents just didn't know about it but i remember so this game was basically only in the arcades and so we would be at an arcade and uh, i would just kind of like wander off on my own and if and if my parents weren't around then i would uh just like put a couple of quarters in and start playing it <laughs> but like knowing that i definitely couldn't get caught playing it so, like, mm -hmm. I'd be playing it, and then, like, I would see one of my parents start walking in my general direction, and I would just have to, like, walk off in the middle of a match, just kind of like, you know, oh, just, you know, not doing anything over here, just kind of, like, hanging around, <laughs> you know, checking out the games. Then once, like, I saw that they weren't coming, like, to talk to me, or they were, like, maybe they passed to go do something else, then i like, run back over to the game real quick and, fin and try to finish playing it, you know, <laughs> hopefully I hadn't been killed yet. But I remember specifically doing that one time, like, I think we were on a field trip this time, and for some reason, we went to, like, some arcade afterward. And, uh, you know, so, like, the teachers are walking around. And so, like, I went over and played this. And, uh, you know, I'd see a teacher start walking my way and just, like, the mm -hmm. same exact thing. Just, like, you know, just, like, walk away from the game. Just kind of, like, just minding my own business. And, like, Not wait doing anything suspicious. <laughs> exactly. Just wait for the coast to clear and then, like, run back over it and try to pick up my game real quick. All right. Number one for you. My number first, one. First so, sorry, I forgot game. to mention I forgot to mention this as well. Grand Theft Auto 3 is obviously very controversial. It was in the news. It was in the newspaper. It was talked about in my neighborhood. You know, watch out for this game for your kids. Blah blah. This game, which you've already talked about, is Mortal Kombat. This, this in addition, or excuse me, similarly to Grand Theft Auto 3, 
when Mortal Kombat came out, it was the arcade cabinets that were at my local Smith's, which which ultimately became Fry's, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, this game, you could go there. Obviously, you could play it. And I was told explicitly I'm not allowed to play it because of the, the gratuitous violence and blah, blah. Every time we go to the store, me and my brother would play it. Every <laughs> single time. We would, we would just wait for my mom to do groceries and we'd play as much as we possibly could. Now, it was crazy how much people talked about it. My, my mom would always be talking, about, uh, talking to other parents, either at school or at the bus stop, and you know, talking about, oh, they don't want their kids playing this game and blah, 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 because of all the violence. Dude, it was ridiculous. I for the longest time I was not allowed to play this game, and it was so funny to me because obviously I played it. Obviously, the second it came out on any system, I just <laughs> played the shit out of it at my buddy's house. But it was just so funny because my parents were just like, "Oh, you can't play that." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Thought, like, come on, you know where it's going." <laughs> yep. All right, uh, my number one. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> So I've told this story many times, probably too many times. Anybody who's listened to the podcast uh, has heard me tell this, uh, so I apologize for that, but this is definitely my number one. You may even know which one I'm talking about if you're a long-time listener. For me, the number one game that I was not allowed to buy is SimCity. And, oh, uh, yeah. Again, I know I've told this story many times, uh, but just for the sake of having to include this on my list, I'll tell it once more for anybody who hasn't heard. I was not allowed to buy SimCity because my dad thought it was uh, like an actual city planning software, even though it was on Super Nintendo. He was just convinced that it wasn't actually a game. Uh, and so it, 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 I wanted to buy this game so freaking bad. I loved it so much. I played it at my friend's house and I loved it. Loved the idea of it. I, I just wanted it so bad. But every time I wanted to buy it, he would just say, no, Rob, that's not a game. You can't buy that. So, uh. Yeah. I love that story. That's so funny. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but it's hilarious. All right. Uh, our next top five is going to be games that you would like to make a, or that you would like a, an MMO made out of. We may have done this a long time ago, but I'm not sure. Uh, and even if so, I don't remember anymore. So, uh, so we do what we it. want. So yeah, we do away. what we want. You can't tell us what to do. Uh, so a game game franchise that you would like an MMO of for our next top That's five. A fun one. I'm excited for that. I will, you know, obviously I love MMOs, so I'm very excited for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, emails. How do we do? We did good this time. Let's pull up yeah. that old uh, Google Doc, if you know what I'm saying. I'll take this first one. First one comes from Chris. <clears throat> His uh, subject line is only at episode 68. I guess we got somebody else picking up from, from the start. Okay. Still quite a ways to go, and I haven't been skipping ahead to see if my last email from a few months ago was even read. So if possible, shoot me a fast reply just so I know if maybe I should jump ahead to hear if I mentioned... By episode 68, <clears throat> you guys are definitely building a solid fan foundation with emails almost every podcast from Chase the Night Cleaner and Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your episodes are completely timeless and can be listened to from the start because only the news is outdated, while the games you guys play, even the current gaming subcast games, are totally classic. Yeah. I'm also learning about titles I have never played but are around, such as Thimbleweed Park. Which you guys discuss with anticipation, but I can, 
but I can go get any time. Very cool. I sure wish I had heard some of these episodes in real time. Also where the humble bundles and sales are concerned, but I'm pretty console oriented, so maybe I'll be more uh, into the streaming later. Uh, a few titles I am working my way through now. Chrono Trigger, again. Ooh. Final Fantasy Tactics, of course, he says. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Swickadin. Uh, okay. You guys inspire so many that it can be difficult to keep up, but I love it, and I think my wife has noticed the, re- the youth returning to me. Wink face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm glad. Jay, I think we just saved somebody's relationship. I know, right? That's what this whole podcast is for. That's what we're here for. Uh, I'm really curious to keep seeing where this podcast goes over my next 60-ish episodes, and I also uh, and and I also make sure to keep an eye on new ones being posted so that I know you guys haven't quit. One of my favorite podcasts recently shut down because the guys lost the passion for it. Damn. Excuse me. Uh, and that really was a bummer. Please keep it up, and if not too much trouble, shoot me a reply if this is received or even read, because I would maybe skip ahead to hear that. I really appreciate you guys. It's not easy to find quality, all caps, entertainment nowadays. Chris in Long Beach, California. Thank you for the email. And all yeah. seriousness, that was very kind. Yeah, so thanks a bunch, Chris. We appreciate it. All right, we got a... Uh... Oh, okay, this is from uh, NOS. You, 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 get, you get to take one, Jay? Yeah, of course. No, me. I'm the champion at taking things. What? You are. Take it like a champ. All right. NOS says, hello, gentlemen, NOS here. Jay, I hope you are doing well. Rob, oh, man, we have so much to discuss. I have a short story that I want to share with you, a story of love, tragedy, and hope. This is a tale of how... (laughs) This is a tale of how one of Rob's recommendations ruined my life. This may be a little bit longer of an email, so Rob, grab some water, moisten your throat, phrasing, because this one's coming in fast and hard. That is what she said. That's what's in parentheses. I didn't say that. I already moistened my throat. Don't worry about it. I dig it. Story time. While at work on the last day of my seven-on-seven off 12-hour shifts, I was on my third run through of your podcast. I was making a list of games throughout the week that you guys recommended and planned on checking out a a few for my week off. The next day, I was browsing through Steam, buying a few games, a little FTL here, some Ooh. Darkest Dungeon there, and starting off my week with a nice little bundle of new games I was enjoying. They were all great games, but nothing really scratched that itch. There was something missing. I browsed Steam for about another hour, and then I saw it. There it was in all of its glory. The fabled game I had heard Rob mention many times, begging me to click to the, uh, click the Add to Cart button. No, I told myself, this is not my kind of game. But I couldn't click away. I kept looking at the screenshots. This isn't something I could impulse buy. So I stepped away to ponder my decision, made myself some food, and came back an hour later. I stared at it, knowing this could potentially be the greatest game or completely ruin me. I decided it was time. I purchased Honey Pop. <laughs> God damn it. I love the way I love the way you built that up. Oh, that was amazing the way you built that up, uh NOS. I um, love I was like I was honestly like what is it? Which one is it? Is it Monkey Island? Is it TIE Fighter? What is it? Uh, NOS goes on to say, yes, yes, I know, Jay. I'm sorry. You're damn right you're sorry. It started out innocently enough. Is it Caillou? Uh, I think so, yeah. Caillou was a charming, sarcastic little shit that helped guide me on, on my questionable endeavors, showing me the ba- basics of the dating game by matching certain rows of tokens in order to have great dates with girls around town. Yep. I chuckled quite a few times at her dialogue. 
But what really got to me was the fantastic soundtrack. The great soundtrack on this game and the A-plus voice acting and dialogue <laughs> should have been the first sign of trouble. It was too good. It was almost too as, good. Almost as if the creators put time and quality into this game. I pressed on anyway. I went on some uh, well, went on some dates with girls, not thinking too much of it. Played a few puzzles, mellowed out to a few soundtracks, and everything was going great. I decided to take a break and get a snack. Hmm, that's strange. I said to myself as I noticed something odd about my friends list on Steam. I didn't think much of it. I just wanted to eat my pizza rolls as fast as I could and get back playing. I wanted to know why Audrey was so angry and how I can win Nikki over and for her to come out of her shell. She's too much of an introvert. She needs to get some sun and step away from her video games for a bit. I indulged further into the story, hoping this wouldn't end in a disaster with the other girls finding out about each other. I didn't want to hurt Kiana like that. She has had it rough enough being a single mother. Aiko or Aiko has a promising career as a teacher and would be a great partner. Total waifu material. But Tiffany was my go-to girl, my partner in crime. She's so close to getting her degree at university. As long as that trashy little redhead Audrey stayed away and, di- and didn't kick her ass or something. <laughs> All those drugs she's been doing lately and daddy issues can clearly mess, her, mess with her judgment. Deep down, I wanted to save Audrey too. Jessie had been on my mind lately. She's a, ma- she's a master at flirting. Total MILF. She's got the experience and knows exactly what to say to keep me interested. Being a bit older, though, it's still a little uncomfortable. And yet, I kept coming back. I took another break. It's been over six, hour- six hours since I moved last. I also noticed my, f- my list on Steam looks strange again. They were no longer in the triple digits. My friends had been dropping numbers faster than Jay's respect for Rob the longer the story drags out. I decided to take Belly ice skating. I knew this would be the last time I took her out. She was too good for me, too innocent. I had been sneaking behind her back and fooling around with Jesse the last couple of days, and the guilt was killing me. I knew I had to let her down, so I would try to do it gently. It wasn't a good date. I wasn't myself. I couldn't match a 4X combo to save my life. She was better off without me. Audrey had been at the club every night I was there after. I had bought, a few, or bought her a few drinks even before I realized she was getting hammered. I thought about asking her on a date, but realized what kind of negative consequences that could lead to in her condition. I couldn't take advantage of a drunk girl. It's not right. I'll do this a different way tomorrow. A small lunch date will probably be better for her anyways. She's probably going to have a bad hangover. I purchased some juice to give to her tomorrow. I needed to step away and take a breather from the disaster that I had almost created. How could I have let her spiral out of control like this? She finds me. She approaches. She approaches me with that look in her eyes. The look of wanting to make this a long night. I just can't. She reeks of cigarette smoke and depression. Man, you, he, I'm going to say right now, he put NOS has put much more. Uh, a lot of this, what he's saying is like his own editorializing. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. So uh, yeah, he definitely put more thought into this than I did. By the way, my girl was Kiana. He says, I took another break. I went to the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror. I didn't even recognize myself anymore. All I saw were hollow eyes, a shallow husk of a man's, I, the man I once was. What have I become, I asked myself. Is this my life now? I was losing grip on reality. I needed to walk away, but couldn't. I had invested too much. My life was crumbling around me. I needed to finish this. I went back to my girls, slamming through the dates. Parks, tennis, fancy dinners with Jesse, gifting SNES controllers to Nikki, fancy steak to Audrey, beach vacations with Saki. Saki, thank you. Oh, yeah, good call. All the while, my friends list was depleting. I have to finish this before it hits zero, I said to myself. The hours went by. The friends were dropping. And just as I hit zero, it happened. I ascended. 
I had finally slept with the gods themselves, Celeste and Venus. What a heavenly experience. I felt like a god myself. They all worship me now. But what is the cost? That's it. <laughs> it's over, I said with a sigh of relief. I slowly glanced around the room, knowing my life would never be the same. My family abandoned me. My phone was silent. My income depleted. But I had finished it. And that's all that mattered. I knew I couldn't stay here any longer. I had to start a new life where no one would recognize me. I packed my bags, got on the next flight to, uh, out of my city, and headed towards my new future. <laughs> I'm in a better place now, Rob. I'm writing, the, writing this from a small remote cabin in Alaska with my dog, Balto. <laughs> I resorted to a simple life of fishing and trading with the locals. It's not fancy, but it's honest work. It's a peaceful life. One where I can retreat back to my girls at the end of a long day. One where me and Tiffany can go for an evening date in the park while I give Balto pats on the head before we go to sleep. And every now and then, I catch Balto staring at me with those eyes, looking at me softly as if he wants me, if he wants me to lean in closer to whisper. You're such an asshole. Sincerely, NOS. P.S. I give Honeypop 7.5 out of 10. I will probably play the next one. Uh-huh. Also, did you know there's a spiritual successor to Honeypop on GOG called Honeycam Studios? It's a clicker game where you manage the Honeypop girls with new additions over a set number of days to acquire as much money as you can by training their stats and gaining fans. It's surprisingly uh, a surprisingly fun little management game. There's no nudity, but the general gameplay is more NSFW than Honeypop. I would recommend looking into this if you enjoyed the girls from Honey Pop. Getting the highest achievement is quite challenging. I actually think I have stage three cancer after that. <laughs> Holy, Holy shit. shit. Holy that shit. That is so well written, but I hate you for it. <laughs> um I have I actually have played Honeycam Studios. Of I didn't really, course you have. I didn't, of course you have. I didn't really like it very much. It's like you're in control of all these cam girls and you're, I don't even remember exactly, but yeah, you're like saying, okay, now you're like kind of like all all their manager and you're being like, okay, now you like go have some relaxation time. All right. You're going to cam for a while. You go, you, you're going to go buy props and toys and stuff for your cam shows. while she does this and that. And you're just like, it's a clicker game basically is what it comes down to. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't care for that one. Holy shit. Do we need to take like a 30 minute break? Before right. we move on. <laughs> All I right, NOS. So much tonight. <laughs> NOS, thank you for the email. Oh, an excellent, excellent well written email. One of but the most damn. one of the most uh involved emails possibly ever. Yeah, that's on any podcast. I dig it. Alright, here's another long ass one. This one is from Sven. He says, Many thanks for many inspirations. Uh, hi, Rob. Hi, Jay. Having almost made it through uh, all the episodes uh, sorry, of the Classic Gaming Podcast chronologically, I reached episode 118. Took me about hey. three months. Damn, that's pretty fast, I think. I'd like to express my dearest gratitude for your dedication and determination and also for all sorts of inspirations that I got from listening to you talking about classic games. You're welcome, Sven. Yeah, thank you for listening. In all seriousness, yeah, dedication to listening. Hell yeah. So, for instance, uh, only through listening to the Classic Gaming Podcast, I got to know, played, and in some cases, beat the following games. You ready? Here's his list. Earthbound, beat. Hell yeah. Good choice. Chrono Trigger. Hell yeah. He did not beat that one. Aw. Heroes of Still. Might and Magic 3, beat campaign. Hell, you beat the campaign? Damn. Is that hard or just that's long? Yeah, it's pretty fucking challenging too. Well done. I haven't even beat all the campaign. It's really long. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics did not beat. Ooh, sorry about that one. Legend of the Mystical Ninja beat. Excuse me. Harvester beat. Damn, (laughs) that's kind of impressive. 
Shenmue. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it did not beat. And Tender Loving Care. He did not beat that one either. But, wow. oh, man. Yeah, Tender Loving Care is definitely one of those hidden FMV gems that, like, is so terrible it's good type thing. Uh, that's, that's, Tender Loving Care is one of the, is one of the games that I'm most thankful for discovering just by, like, on my own, like, that I probably wouldn't have found about if I hadn't been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, if you think you notice a pattern here, you're absolutely right. While the first five games are all, uh, are clearly absolute gems, the last three miserable efforts I only played for how weird they sounded when you talked about them on the podcast and how hilarious it was listening to you describing them. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Harvester, Shinmu, Tender, Living Care. Uh, thus, it probably won't surprise you when I say that, in fact, my favorite episodes are the ones in which Rob goes into detail talking about a very shitty game that he played. Yep. Actually, those are some of my favorite, too. Uh, that, They're that, so memorable. Yeah, that seems, they, seem to be, they seem to be popular among the kids. Uh, for example, Kingdom Hearts or Shenmue. Yep, course. Kingdom Hearts always comes to mind. Shenmue is a classic. Uh, yeah, both classics, I think. Uh, episode 132, which has been my favorite episode far, so far for that exact reason. For That was Shenmue. Uh, yeah, everybody does seem to love those. I just need, That's what I need to do from now on. Just find games that I know I'm going to fucking hate. And I'll find games that I really like. So, boom. <laughs> no, you're just going to play Warcraft every, every episode now. True, true, true. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, another example of your inspiration is the fact that only by listening to your podcast, I got to know Extra Lives. Oh, cool. The way yeah. they cover and interpret video game music is so beautiful, so relaxing, and just absolutely enjoyable. Not that every, not that anyone gives a damn, but my favorite song is their version of uh, The Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I could listen to that in an endless loop all day. Yeah, I yeah. never tire of, of Extra Lives. My favorite of theirs, I think I've said, is the... Uh, uh, Dire Dire Docs and, and Jolly Roger Bay from Mario 64. Uh, here are, he says, here are two recommendations of other interpretations slash covers of video game things. Smooth McGroove doing an acapella of Super Mario World over, Overworld theme. Jay, I'll link these to you later. W3SP, uh, a p, uh, pianist playing a, me- a medley of several video game themes, especially Final Fantasy 7 and 10 to Xanarkand are very good. Naturally, a few random questions have also come up while I've been listening to at least one episode a day during the last few weeks, during the last couple of weeks. Uh, you often talk about 100%ing a game, but how exactly do you know for sure that you got 100% of all the puzzles, sure. quests, achievements, and so on? I get that if you have played the game numerous times, you know everything that could be possibly done in it. So how can, uh, so, so you can be certain that at some point you have completed 100% of it, but how do you know that for a new game? Uh, sure. For for me, it's always been just like looking looking online. Yeah, that's what so I would do as well. Same for you. Yeah, and newer games usually have achievements, right? When you if you or if you're buying it through like Steam, there's usually achievements you can do that tell you when you've completed certain things. Uh, but for older games, for me, it's like I know certain things. There's certain ways that you know that you've 100 percent a game. And also, a lot of games that that have a way to 100 percent them, it's it's very obvious. Like it makes it clear. As you're playing through the game, like, oh, you picked up, you know, this this secret, you know, one out of a hundred things, mm-hmm. you know, you got a ninety nine more to go. Like, what? Like one game that I tried for a while to hundred percent, and then I just like kind of eventually just got tired of it was, oh gosh, I think it was. I'm trying to remember which Grand Theft Auto it was. I don't think it was San Andreas. It may have just been. G- it was either GTA three 
or GTA uh, Vice City. But okay. it's like every time it, it was like there were hidden packages. They were it was like basically like a oh yeah with, yeah with that, drugs. That's a lot of my think actually because Grand Theft Auto Three had that as well. I think Vice City did too. I think Vice City had the really annoying ones. Yeah, and it, and you pick one up and it's like oh you got package one out of a hundred. Yeah. Know? And so you know there's 100 that you have to get. And then you can even go to, in that game, you can even go look in the options. And it'll show you, like, what percentage of everything you've done. It'll show you how many right. how many jumps you fit. You know, they've got the ramp somewhere that does, yeah, like, a cinematic right. jump. It'll yeah. show you how many of those you have, how many of the packages you've had, this and that. And then, again, there are all sorts of guides online that'll show, you know, not just what there is to get, but, like, how to get everything and all that kind of sure. stuff. So it's a combination of the game telling you and also just looking up stuff online. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, he says, it struck me as odd when you, Rob, said that Monkey Island 2, which is my favorite one of the series, was probably a few hours too long. If you enjoy a game and its story and have fun playing it, how can it be too long? That's like reading a very good book, enjoying every single page of it, but then saying after you finished it that it had too many pages. Uh, my answer to that is that for me, it's it would the uh, closer analogy would be like saying, I read a very good book, and it was really good for 400 pages. And then the last, and then the last hundred, you know, from yeah. page 400 to 500 were not very good. Think of good. filler, right? Yeah. It's kind how, of filler. How many shows are ruined with filler? Yeah. So, so what I mean, typically when I say something like that, it's not that, oh, I loved every minute of it, but it just kept going on for so long. It's like, oh, I loved it. And then it got to a point where it feels like it should have ended. And then it kind of got boring for a while. And I didn't really yeah. love the rest of it. There, there are a lot of TV shows for me that do that. And it's, it's, it's really frustrating when I talk to people about it because a lot of people are like, oh, I love that TV show. And I'm like, I loved the majority of it, but this season, this season, they could have been gone entirely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have actually just made the show better. Like, no, no, I really liked the fact that we got to see them do this. And it's like, it would have been a better show if you just cut out the filler, cut out the fat, and just leave the, you know, the, the best parts to it. Yep. Exactly. I agree with you entirely. Yeah. Another thing I don't understand in general is the widespread opinion on Monkey Island 4, Escape from Monkey Island, uh, that it is not a good game. Yes, the controls suck, and it was not the most brilliant decision to go for 3D, uh, but still, I don't see why people keep complaining about the story, the puzzles, the characters, or the music. All these things are, in my opinion, of the same quality as the three predecessors. I even think the music is the best of the series, as the different themes blend into each other perfectly, and if you go from the light side of the main island to the dark side, the music also changes from major to minor keys. Furthermore, some of the puzzles are really creative and interesting and are absolutely comparable to the other parts of the series. Uh, and concerning the story, all the games revolve around the same run-of-the-mill story of a sort of anti-hero trying to save the world or a woman or a woman while dealing with the same antagonist who keeps coming back in different forms. Jeez, uh, I don't even remember specifically about Monkey Island 4. Um, I just remember... Just not feeling that way that you do about the puzzles in the story. <laughs> I just remember feeling like, oh, these puzzles were kind of dumb. They were kind of boring. The story wasn't very good. Uh, I just felt like it was kind of, I, I, I don't really, I can't really point to any specifics because I, I just don't recall. But I just remember just simply, I just didn't feel that way about the story and puzzles and all that. Um, about the music, though, they had started doing that in, in Monkey Island 2. They would, um, that was actually, I, I had read that they were dis, that they were actually kind of disappointed that they did that so well because, so when, so they started doing that in Monkey Island 2, there's, you know, theme music playing and then when you walk into a different room or a different section or something, 
instead of just cutting to the new music, they came up with this technology where it like slowly blends into the new theme, like very, very smoothly as if it was all part of the same song. And it's, it's really, really impressive how well it works. But when the game came out, the transition between what from one song to the next is so smooth that nobody like noticed at first and none of the reviewers noticed it. So it didn't get mentioned anywhere. It's kind of like one of those like hidden things, like, you know, like when, uh, the, when the special effects are so good that you don't notice there are special effects in a movie type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, so they had been doing the music thing for a while, but as far as the puzzles and stuff, yeah, I just, I just, for me, just, just found them boring, uh, compared to the other <laughs> ones. Uh, I'd like to finish by suggesting a topic for your next top five. How about making a list of the unfairest game mechanics in video games? Uh, I'll write this down. Maybe we might do this for a future one. I think we'll stick with the MMO one for now. But uh, that's that's yeah, we will. This is a um, I think that's a good idea. By unfair mechanics, I don't mean tough enemies or clunky controls. I'm talking about parts in games where no skill or knowledge of the game help you stay alive, but your survival is ba- oh okay, but your survival is based purely on luck. I'm gonna write. I'm actually gonna write this note down next to where I keep this. Um, my top spot goes to Sekiro Shadows Die Twice by From Software without a doubt. Don't get me wrong, it's an amazing game. I love playing it and enjoy most of the very challenging boss battles for the simple reason that winning or losing is purely based on one's skill. If you memorize the boss's moves and patterns and learn to master your own abilities and skills, you'll eventually beat the boss for the simple reason that you have become a better player. This is how it should be. Um, I don't understand why he says he doesn't why he that would be his top spot then? Oh, it yeah, sounds like yeah. maybe he's saying outside of bosses, your survival is based on luck. Anyway, oh, okay. He says, however, in all caps, E V A A A, there are certain many. Okay, here he goes. There are certain mini bosses in Sekiro where you die, die, and die again till the cows come home. Not because the mini bosses themselves are difficult enemies by any means, but simply because they are located in a very tight space. For example, a very narrow ravine, which causes the game's camera controls to fuck up whenever your own character is forced into a corner or backed against a wall, which is absolutely unavoidable because pairing the enemy's attacks is a must in order to win a sword fight in general in this game. But if you parry successfully, your character will be pushed backwards a step or two. So eventually you will soon hit a wall, normally after two or three consecutive parries, and then your character disappears from the screen as he seems to move beyond the camera. All you can see then is a magnified part of your opponent filling the entire screen and hammering away at you. This time Jeez. successfully hitting you a few times and killing you easily. So the unfairness of the game here comes from the fact that it doesn't matter one single bit how good of a player you are or how tough the enemy really is. The poor way the game is programmed is the issue and there is no way to win such a fight in a tight space than by button mashing and hoping for the best. Pathetic, I guess the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment. Yet another uh, suggestion is a top five list of games that you want to hate, but can't deny the fact that you enjoy playing them. All right. All right. This one down to. I actually like that as well. Yeah, I was going to say. For me, the top of this list is Diablo 2. Uh, back then, everyone and their uncle bought and played it, and there was an enormous. 100%. And the, yeah. And there was. Uh... Oh, I lost my spot. And there was enormous. Hype about the game. Hype about the game that when it uh, hype about the that game when it came out. Hearing and reading about the fact that this 
that in this game you fight en enemies by simply clicking on them. No further skill involved. I, for my part, just didn't understand what on earth could be so great about it. Just an extremely simple game mechanic for extremely simple people, nothing more. I hated the game and hated the hype. That is, until I played it at one of my friend's houses and got hooked instantly. Naturally, I first didn't admit how much fun I had playing it and kept saying things like, yeah, I still don't get it. What's so great about clicking monsters? Stupid game. But about a week later, I owned the game and spent every minute of my free time playing it for the next months. Thank you for reading my once again too long of an email, Sven. Thank you for emailing us once again. That kind of reminds me of how I feel about uh, Diablo 1. Because I, I have the same feeling about the Diablo games in general. It's like, yeah, you're just you're just clicking. Why is, what's so fun about that? But then when we played Diablo 1 not too long ago, I was like... Yeah, I'm it's just really having, fun, I'm right? having fun. Yeah, it's still, yeah, exactly. It's still fun, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, another one's from Sven. Let's see. Why don't... Jay, you want, how about you take this one? Sure. Wait. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Uh, who's this from, sir? Oh, it's from Sven again, right? Yeah. Uh, he says, hi, Rob. Hi, Jay. Unfortunately, you, Rob, made a few regrettable mistakes in episode 119 when trying to evaluate a few NES sports games, but I'm happy to help you correcting everything you screwed up. Oh, Number okay. one, the fact that the NES game Ice Hockey is called Ice Hockey is not funny or weird by any means. The worldwide governing body for this sport is the International Ice Hockey Federation. For the USA to call the sport just hockey is simply a sign of ignorance. Quite typical. Going in the same direction as calling the winning teams of major sports leagues world champions. I, Interesting. I'm sorry. I got to still disagree with this. What other? Yeah, I mean, I yeah there's there's street hockey, sure. But if, if you just say hockey, I mean, anybody, and like only the biggest idiot would assume you're talking about street hockey <laughs> if you just say hockey, right? Yeah, I mean, anytime, I mean, at least here, uh, maybe it's different in other countries, but if people talk about hockey at a high level or a professional sense, the first thing that comes to mind is ice hockey. Uh, I'll, I'll, sorry, I thought yeah. you were done. No, you're good. I, I would also say that that was, that was also only half the reason. I think it's also funny when a game is just called the name of the sport, like football, you know, like. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of like, it's almost funny and just with how lazy it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with you on that. Okay, uh, number two. The NES game Ice Hockey is an absolutely terrific game, superseding NES soccer, tennis, or baseball by a landslide. I could say that is only my opinion, totally subjective, but as you will never do that either, why should I? And by the way, NES Ice Hockey tops many, many, many lists of the best NES sports games. All the others you mentioned are nowhere to be found. Check it out if you don't believe me. Number three, you said that soccer and ice hockey were very simple sports, as in in ice hockey, you're going back and forth on a rink, passing and shooting, and that's it. And then continuing by saying that with baseball, it's different. You got pitching, you got hitting, you got running, you got fielding, you got trying to decide if you're going to steal a base or stay where you are. Right. And you think this is a comparison is uttered and constructed in a fair manner, and you think it's somewhat biased. Somewhat you of don't, a double you don't, standard. He, he says, you, sorry, he says, and you don't think it's somewhat biased. Oh, and you don't think it's somewhat biased. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here. I don't remember. I remember you talking about this briefly, but I'm going to say that I don't think you'd need to take Robert's statement uh, that seriously, because I don't think Robert was being that serious. I could be wrong. Yeah, well, okay, so I don't mean that one, that necessarily one game one sport is, I don't know, more or less, like, or is better or worse than another. 
I think I, I again I'd have to go back and listen to remember exactly what I was saying and thinking, but I believe what I meant at least was like as far as a video game goes, there's only so much you can do in a hockey or soccer game. Mm-hmm. You know, it is you're running and you're passing and you're shooting. Uh, whereas in baseball, you're saying like the different roles. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, there's very limited as far as what you're doing when you're controlling a video game that does this, as opposed to baseball, where there are multiple different things you do. And I don't know what I don't know what he means about being somewhat biased because I don't really like any of those sports. So I don't know. I don't know what he why what he's saying. I'm biased toward. But anyway. Okay. Go, moving go on. on. Okay, so he says, okay, with baseball, you're hitting a ball that another person has thrown, and that's it. With hockey, it's different. You got skating, you got checking, you got passing, you got shooting, you got dumping the puck in, you got goaltending, you got pivoting, you got skating backwards, you got changing on the fly, you got deciding if you're going to pass or shoot, you got deciding if you're going to pass it to one or another player, you got deciding if you're going to shoot it to the top left, bottom right, or between the goalie's legs. You got penalty shots, you got face-offs, you got offsides, you got legal hits, you got punching, you've got fighting. Further proof, how many buttons does the average baseball game use on a controller? How many buttons does the average hockey game use on a controller? Thank you for letting me clear that up, Sven. So yeah, I, I would uh, definitely, I don't, I don't think Robert was trying to make any sort of statement uh, talking about the comparison between the two sports because I, I don't think he really thinks about it that much. I think he was just comparing the overall aspects of the games. Yeah, and also when he's talking about all the different things you do in hockey, some of the things he's just listing here in different ways, like... Passing, deciding if you're going to pass, deciding if you're going to pass to somebody else or not. So I think that's a little bit of an inflated list. All right. Next email ah, from Sven. From, from Sven again. Round three. What did you do to piss him off this time? Can you stop? I don't know. Let's see. Um, hi, guys. Third email already, so I'm going to keep it brief. In regards to your top five lists, uh, worst video game titles from episode 124. I'd like to add my own top three. Number one, Battlefield oh, 1. <laughs> there simply can't be a more stupid title. I know they screwed up their own numbering of games, as so many gaming or movie franchises did, but to try to solve by naming their fourth and fifth inst- their fourth or fifth installment, Battlefield 1, takes the cake of absolute ridiculousness. Uh, I can't really argue with him on that one. Uh, yeah, it actually it does bother me when, when there's a lot of series that have done that throughout the years. Yeah, it actually does hard, kind of bother hard. me because it, it's like it, it's just such a weird thing to say because you're basically saying like, oh, don't worry about everything else you've played before. This is the one. It's just like, what? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number two, Peter Jackson's King Kong colon the official game of the movie. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, they made a game based on that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Not only is the preposition wrong, the game doesn't belong to the movie. It is featured in or is it part of it or I'm sorry, it is featured in or is part of it. So the of is clearly it. Yeah. OK, well, so of doesn't necessarily always mean it belongs to something. Uh, so I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I'm going to go this far in, into agreeing with him. But uh, anyway, he says, but the title itself has to be the most pathetic way of trying to tell even the most dim-witted consumer. Yeah, you know, this game to the absolute dog shit movie that you the other day. So buy it. Okay. Uh, Three, Quest 64. (laughs) Yeah, that was really (laughs) lazy. Uh, He says, no comment, 64. (laughs) 
No comment, 64. That's a good fucking response. That is good. I like that. Uh, I'd, I'd also suggest another topic for a top five list. Top five most cringeworthy moments in games. I think that would be hilarious, but I don't know if I could come up with any examples. Oh, uh, I could come up with a bunch. You know, I could come up with a few from Metal Gear Solid, but like those are cringy on purpose. JRPGs have so many cringy moments. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that's okay. That's true. I just wouldn't. How about the laughing scene with Titus and Yuna in Final Fantasy X? I. Ah, ha, 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 oh, the one where you laugh so weird. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good one. Maybe we can do this one after all. Uh, off the top of my head, I'd say Sonic hitting on a human girl in Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 is Oof. a strong contender. See here if you don't know what I'm talking about. Skip to 520. He's got a link. Uh, another strong contender might be every line of dialogue uttered in Shenmue. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep up the amazing work, Sven. Thank you, Sven. All right, Jay, I'm going to let you do the honors. Okay. What do we got? Chase the Connect Cleaner? Uh-huh. I can smell it. Smelly smell. Is, the subject line is classic gaming podcast emails. So proud of you, Chase. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner here with another email that I am trying to... Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second here. Okay. Uh, Chase and I clean here with another email that I'm trying to write on time. So how's it going tonight? How have you both been? I'm doing well, Robert. How are you? Uh, I've, <laughs> I'm doing okay. Why just okay? I've been just going through a lot of shit. It's, it's all good for now, though. I'm just teasing you. Uh, he goes on to say, I'm so excited for tonight's World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. <laughs> that was update. a Freudian You're slip. You're damn <laughs> right. You're damn right you are. Uh, I don't have much to say this time around. I'm deep in the Monster Hunter World expansion and still loving that game. All the new parts of it are very good, and I'm really just enjoying playing through it all to the end game. Which brings me to my question of the day. What, in your opinion, is a classic game that has a really good end game stretch? Not every game can pull off a good ending, but some of them really knock it out of the park. Hmm. That's a game that has Something a really with a lot good of end game. Yeah, like I think he either means like either end game content or just a, a, a good conclusion to the story. I, I, I'm taking it as like a good like final... 30 minutes to an hour of the game. Let's see. Fuck. Game um, so Metal Gear Solid 3, 100% stands out. That'd probably be my number one for sure, like without even having to think too hard. But I'm trying to think about what else. Uh, be, I mean, geez, but a lot of the Metal, like Metal Gear Solid 4 has a really badass ending also, like the whole final like couple hours of it. Um, I feel like a lot of JRPGs have a very fun final part because like usually it's like you yeah. figure out the, the the conclusion to the story and then it's like boss 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 small gap boss and then final boss like there's usually like a right. gauntlet of bosses you have to do usually some repeats like Chrono Trigger obviously doing some repeats of bosses or Final Fantasy VII you killing off a lot of the main villains back to back to back. I mean, oh, I, fucking, I feel like there's uh, a lot of JRPGs that could do that. Yeah, Earthbound has has a really oh, yeah, awesome final, final stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Input high-quality high JRPG is what I would say. There you go. Uh, he says, which brings me... Oh, sorry. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like it's hard to beat Chrono Trigger, a new game plus feature <laughs> that allowed you to also witness every single additional ending for that game. Though I have always enjoyed Final Fantasy VI's end game where you can do as much or as little as you want to beat the game after you have the second airship. Looking forward to your thoughts and listening to how, uh, excuse me, listening to this how. Thanks. 
always I think, meant, I think you... he meant listening to this show. Yeah, I think so too. I was trying to figure out in my head. <laughs> uh, thanks as always for all that you do, and hopefully this section is hopping. Cheers, Chase, the night cleaner. Thank you as always, Chase. Thank you, Chase. Um, I want to say. I thought I had one more email from somebody, but I'm not seeing it anywhere. So if I missed your email. Uh, super sorry about that. Rude. Um, yeah, no, I think we're good, though. Uh, okay. So thank you, everybody, for writing in. Yeah, thank you, as always, guys. Especially to the people who are kind of new to writing in. It's always nice to see new faces. And some people, obviously, a lot of the people we saw were repeats. But thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. That's the email address that you should type in if you want to send us something. Um, once again, the next top five, if you want to write about that, is games that you or like game franchises that you would like an MMO made out of. Uh, and more importantly, once again, our our next uh, episode is the game of the quarter, where, where we where we will be talking about Mister Mosquito for PS2. If you want to play it and write in your thoughts, please do so. Uh, Jay, super quick, anything for current gaming subcast? What do you think? I don't think you have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, that reminds me. Sorry. One more thing. We have two, I two new iTunes reviews or semi new, and I would like to read them. These are actually from June and July. I just haven't been checking. One of them has come. One of them comes from NOS. He gave us oh, wow. five. Yeah. He gave us five stars. Thank you. Whoa. Oh, first off, thank you very much. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks a ton. He says, terrible podcast, 10 out of 10, would listen to 131 episodes again, NOS. <laughs> Thank you very uh, much. You're going to oh, confuse the shit out of people. I love and the, it. And the title of the review is awful. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Perfect. Um, and then the other one we got, <laughs> he says, uh, he gave us one star. Nice. And he, uh, the title is Later Was Better? Question mark. He says, like most people who found that he wrote a he wrote a long review. Like most people who found this podcast, I have a lot of nostalgic feelings for the games I played on various game systems between 1985 and 1995. By the title, I was hoping for a podcast from people who appreciate old games, but instead they spent the 30 minutes that they actually talked about the game ragging on why it sucked compared to similar games of the genre that came many years later. Of course, games that came later are better. Why wouldn't they be? These guys clearly know games and gaming, so I was very surprised to not get any fun factoids about how some of my favorite old games were done on a shoestring budget or innovated a new style of gameplay that later games could could expand upon. Instead, they just mean-girled these classic games like 15-year-olds on a school bus with no regard for how impressive certain features of the games would have been at the time they were released or that most of the game story would have been in the user manual, not the intro to the game. It's Ragging. unfortunate because it sounds like you may have listened to a single episode. I mean, there, there are definitely yeah. times we've, we've done pieces of that, but oh, I yeah. really don't feel like we've ever gone out of our way to talk about newer games being better than older ones because generally speaking, we usually like older games more, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, generally speaking, I at least I, I do try to at least say, yeah, but I can tell for the time, you know, this was good yeah. or this or that. Exactly. But... We're not going to say every old game is good just because it's old. I mean, there are some older games that definitely missed on a lot of fronts. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. It sounds like you may have listened to a few select episodes that, uh, you know, aren't as good. Probably. <clears throat> um, ragging on something doesn't make you cooler. E oh, damn it. We're not cooler edgy. Oh, we're, wow. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Sorry, that's guys. <laughs> this is it. Sorry. 
it was fun while it lasted. Any final yeah. words, Jay? How, I'm just you're just gonna go play now. WoW in, into the sunset. <laughs> Uh, it's easy to find fault. How about you do some research and fill your time with positive information and fun factoids for actual classic game fans? Uh, like I said, these guys clearly know games, no games. So why all the negative for the content of your own podcast? I mean, honestly, if you have so many bad things to say about classic games, then maybe you should have started a Fortnite podcast instead. Ah, I was Let's waiting for it. one of those comments. That, that's that kind of what I expected. So he listened to like 15 minutes of one episode, heard us ragging on something, <laughs> and made an entire email posted on that. It's typical internet memes. I mean, that's very predictable, he, honestly. I was going to say he probably heard me listen to Kingdom Hearts, but I don't even think this is that. No, I don't think so either. It was probably... <laughs> if I had to guess, it was probably Blake comparing an older uh, either dungeon caller or platformer type to something newer, if I had to take a guess. Because he was probably listening to one of the original episodes, so... We'll uh we'll be back next time with uh the Fortnite podcast. Yep. Until then, tell your friends to listen to us as long as they only like Fortnite. Yep. Uh follow us at Class Games Cast. We'll we'll be changing that tag soon to something Fortnite related. Uh I'm King Octavius on Twitter. And Fortnite J. <laughs> Fortnite J. Uh and that's it for this episode. Um any last words, Jay? Nope. Thank you so much, be everybody, good. for listening. Thank you for all the emails. We will be we will be back in three weeks. <laughs>